everyone remain calm. Back for more, huh? Well, yeah. Ooh, ah, that's how it always starts. But then later there's running and then screaming. Somebody talk to me! What is happening? Welcome to Jurassic World. And now, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Jurassic Park Podcast. <laughs> How long is it going to take for that to spread around the globe? This was all John Hammond's dream. <laughs> Hold on to your butt. <laughs> Seriously? Well, we're back. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 211th episode of the Jurassic Park Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Jost, and we are here to discuss all things Jurassic Park. So, it is Thanksgiving week here in the States, and boy, do we have an episode for you guys today. In this one, we're going to head to the tower, boost the signal, and relay all the latest news and community topics in the Jurassic Wire. Aaron Beyer and I will tackle some of the most recent news and spotlight a member of the community, so of course, we hope you like everything featured in the 13th iteration of the Jurassic Wire. All debates and conversations in this segment are our own opinions and insights from things we've seen in the news and, of course, around the community. Stay tuned to the beginning of the segment to hear everything that we're going to be discussing. It's a good one, guys, and I'll I'll let you in on one of the things that we discussed. Of course, that was canon. I've kind of been teasing it all over the place. We broke down what canon is, where you can find it, what everything about it and we really went hardcore on uh just you know how much it really matters and and what it matters to give some confidence to the story so there's a lot of um a lot of stuff we break down in this episode and i hope you guys like it we really uh went to task here on the creators and canon today so enjoy this one (laughs) but before we get this episode going we do have uh, a quick bit of business to take care of i've got a long episode for you guys so i don't want to waste too much time but i did want to mention that i was on the force cast this past week two different times uh first one was uh force cast plus so that is their their catch-all show for disney plus content and currently they are discussing the mandalorian so i joined uh daniel and ryan to discuss episode three of the mandalorian so if you guys are just as invested as i am in star wars and this disney plus show go give that a listen that is free content on their main feed i also did join uh ryan for a bit of their their extra uh recordings which you can join the force get those those recordings just uh i'll put a link in it so you can actually find where to join the force and join the conversation so we did a big discussion on disney plus in general what we've been watching we also talked about the parks disney parks so uh go listen to that episode that one was a lot of fun so make sure to join the force to go ahead and uh add that show to your list of podcasts but like i said we have a very long episode for you guys today, so why don't we go ahead and get this one kicked off with the 13th iteration of the Jurassic Wire. The debate over Isla Nublar rages on. They're taking no chances of repeat of the San Diego incident. 
about man-made cataclysmic change. The U.S. Senate has convened a special committee to answer a grave moral question. Air one, clear for takeoff. Begin tracking. Go, go! Welcome, everybody, to the Jurassic Wire. I am Brad Jost, and my co-anchor for this program is Aaron Beyer. The Jurassic Wire is the segment here on the Jurassic Park podcast where we discuss all the latest news on the Jurassic Saga and the latest conversations in the Jurassic community. So today we've got a ton of stuff planned. Um, You know, the first few ones are not too bad. Uh, We have... Jurassic World live tour. We got some some dates to mention. Uh, we're going to talk quickly about this whole YouTube issue. Copa, uh, Copa, however you want to pronounce it, C O P P A. We'll get into that a little bit. Uh, and return to Jurassic Park, a DLC for Jurassic World Evolution, and some returning cast members. So those are some of our our lighter topics for today. And then we have a giant topic that we're going to be discussing, uh, which is the canon. Uh, the issues surrounding the canon uh, for Jurassic uh, in general. So we'll get into all that, and plus we have a community spotlight. Before that, let's go ahead and welcome in Aaron. What's going on, dude? Uh, Not much. I'm just wondering what I should consider worth my time. (laughs) That's all. Oh, man. We're going to get into it, but we're going to save the canon discussion for... For like our our kind of bigger segment later on, um, we'll discuss some of these smaller, lighter topics uh, first off here. So why don't we just go ahead and dive right in? Like I said, there's a ton of things. Um, quick one. Uh, well, we'll see how quick. Uh, if you guys are not aware, YouTube is undergoing some changes currently. Um, I guess depending on when you're listening to this, but as we're recording this, um, they're they're introducing some new regulations here that are kind of passed down via the uh, the FT. Wait, what is it? FTC. FTC. Yeah, I was like blanking for a second. Um, the FTC is kind of instilling these regulations upon uh, YouTube and the creators to define what their content is, if it's for kids or not for kids. Um, and it kind of affects a lot of people. Uh, if you have any kind of content that is appealing to kids in any way, shape, or form, um, you're going to get your your ads taken away and maybe some features on your channel or whatnot, um, comments removed, stuff like that. Um, and it really hinders, you know, the, the creative uh people on YouTube, which is is kind of a bummer. Um, but at the same time, we understand what's going on here. YouTube um, did something they should shouldn't have, and they kind of collected data on people under 13, uh, which is not cool. You're not supposed to do that. And they went ahead and had to pay a fine of like $170 million uh, to the FTC. And it's that's that's terrible. But now they're saying, you know, that uh, these regulations are in place and no, it, it's kind of weird. It's kind of falling on the creators to make this decision to just judge what your content is, who it's for. But also the FTC is like, you know, if we deem it to be for kids, then it's for kids and uh, we're going to fine you $42,000. So that's that's kind of like a scaled fine, uh, depending on how 
big your channel is or how many uh, subscribers or views in that kind of demographic that they're looking at. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of things that go into this and you're wondering, why am I talking about this? Um, but it's just one of those things that that is going to be affecting our channel on YouTube. And we, we are constantly talking about all the stuff that we do on YouTube. Um, and Jurassic Park is something that is, you know, like I've always told everybody, and, and I'm sure yourself too, Aaron, like, this is something that appealed to me as like a seven year old. And um, I've right. been in it 100% every day since like, and it's something that I've never stopped thinking about, never stopped wanting to see more about. Um, and you can't deny that for 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 kids, you know, you can't say, no, this is not for you. Um uh, in my mind, when I'm creating content, I'm creating this content, this podcast, maybe not so much this one because we tend to get like a little crazy on this segment. But um, in most of all, our podcast is family friendly so that you can sit down with your entire family if you chose chose to do that, choose to do that and uh, listen to this with no worries. You're not going to hear anything you're not supposed to hear. Um and we we create our content kind of with that in mind, but not necessarily focused in on kids or anything like that. It's kind of just like when I started it, I wanted to hear a certain kind of thing and I made it so I could hear it, you know, so right. kind of made it for myself. Sorry, little, little, uh, you know, I don't know what, but it's, it's just um, something that I was looking for. And when I'm writing, when I'm making these uh, YouTube reviews of toys and stuff like that, uh, it's more so I feel like focused towards like adults and collectors of toys and parents who maybe want to find these things, these items, these clo clothing items or toys or whatever they may be that I'm like doing a, a toy hunt or something in a store. Um, but all at the same time, it has toys in it. So therefore it's kids. Plus my, my kid Lincoln is, has been in some of my videos and stuff like that. So, um, you know, this is something that will affect us, but we're not, we're going to try our best to not really change our habits. We'll just indicate our videos correctly moving forward. Um, Aaron, do you have any kind of thoughts on this topic of COPPA, the the Children's Online Privacy Protection Act? Yeah. I mean, look, it's a, tr it's a, it's a tricky slope, right? Um, you don't, content creators want control over their content and over their channels. Right. And so the advertising was kind of a way for them to monetize that via something that YouTube offered a while ago, Well, YouTube didn't need to offer this to begin with. Right. So YouTube is kind of pulling back on a privilege, not necessarily a right. Um, because you Google owns the server space that all of our videos and, uh, anything on YouTube, they own the server space for that. So, you know, I'm sure there's something somewhere in some small print that's like, hey, look, like we have the right to do basically whatever we want, especially as far as payments go. Right. Um, nobody really works for YouTube um, as far as content creation goes. Uh, that, not that I'm really aware of. What's interesting is, is like you said, you fell in love with Jurassic when you were seven and you just kind of grew up with it and it's still part of your thing. And I feel like it's so weird because we are kind of part of this. I feel like we're like the beginnings you and I like our, our age group are the beginning of kind of this first generation that was allowed to grow up and still be kids. If that makes any sense. Right. Because yeah. it's so easy to remain a kid on the internet. Right. Like when I'm at work, well, I, that's a, my, my job is a very bad example because we all have action figures on our desks, like working on movies, but like most people, when they go to work, they don't get to bring their childhood with them right? Like it's, it's not mm -hmm. really a thing. And so the internet has made that really easy to like 
if you're sitting in your corporate office job in your shirt and tie, you can still like sneak away on your phone and do something quote unquote childish. Right. Um, and you can take part in that. And so honestly, I think one, what YouTube did with collecting data, obviously they knew that was wrong and they did it anyway. Um, I don't think you can own a company that size and not know what you're doing is definitely, if not wrong, a hundred percent unethical. Like yeah, yeah. data is definitely like the wave of the future as far as like big business, but that's kind of gross. And I don't even know how you would even like, I don't know how you can, how you would confirm how old you are when you sign up for like a Google service because I'm old. I was beyond 13 when all of this started happening. So like it's never been, you know, I've never been under scrutiny as far as like that goes, you know, or not under scrutiny, but it's just never dawned on me. Right. Cause I was essentially a understanding adult as far as, you know, yeah. when, when this all, when this all started going down back in, I would say like, the internet really started taking like a massive grasp in like the early 2000s, um, late 90s, right? Like it, sure. it's been for there sure. for years prior, but like it just, it started entering everyone's home in, I would say the late 90s, early 2000s. Um, it's, it's really tough because like I said, YouTube owns the server space, which really means that we are all guests on their server. So they have the right to kind of do whatever they want um they can pull the plug completely and just not offer server space at all and then everyone loses their income that they that they have on youtube um where this really gets upsetting for a lot of content creators it's that they get a people i feel like the the base of being upset is that they're taking money from you and the money comes from advertisers, but we have to look at it this way. Advertisers don't actually care. I mean, like, like no offense, Brad, I watched one of your videos and like Tim Hortons was an advertisement. Okay. <laughs> Tim Hortons probably doesn't know you exist, right? All Tim Hortons. Tim, yeah. So Tim Hortons, <laughs> Tim Hortons doesn't care about the, the people watching your video. What Tim Hortons really cares about is the giant mass appeal and the hub space that YouTube creates. Mm -hmm. And then like a lot, and they're just basically kind of like hoping that when they land on the Jurassic Park podcast, right, there's X amount of people that are going to see that ad. And so the easy answer, you know, if you want to get paid is to basically like create your own website and, um, you know, create your own website, uh, market the living heck out of it, um, create a Patreon, get paid that way. And then you yourself would have to like call up these companies and try to get them to buy advertising space on your very niche uh, podcasting website about a franchise that apparently is a giant disaster and has no cannon. But, <laughs> yeah, man. But, it's but a, you're like, Are you calling? You're not going to call Tim Hortons or whoever's in charge of Tim Hortons advertising and say, hey, would you like to interview on the Jurassic Park podcast? They're literally going to be like, we've never heard of you. We should try it. We should, we should I mean, ask them. I maybe, mean, maybe. But, that, but that's what YouTube offers. That's what YouTube brings to the table, right? Is this giant community of viewers, which is a platform for advertisers. And so yeah. everyone's getting mad about something that, like literally YouTube controls mm -hmm. and to go on your own is a lot of hard work. And I'm sorry, probably, you know, you are looking at failure. I mean, unless you want to spend all day, Brad, calling up, 
No, I don't. Giant conglomerates and trying to get a hold of somebody, you know, no. like it's just the reality of the situation. And yeah, I think it, exactly. I think it stinks. Like I've heard like, oh, this can go, you know, this can go up in the government and like the government, like you do not want the government involved because honestly, no. the government's going to blanket policy this and be like, there's no advertising dollars to the people. Yeah. And YouTube can just do whatever they want. Sure. Yeah, the FTC like just sees it one dimensionally and that's, you know, they'll they'll find you if that's the case, if that's what uh, needs to be happening um, in in the case of. Um, but isn't uh, it isn't it interesting that create all these creators, they want all this control and they want all this uh, they want all this say in their content, yet they don't want the FTC knocking at their door. Like they don't want to be responsible mm -hmm. for the ethical you know, standards and, and yeah. stuff that the FTC puts into place. So like, you can't, you can't have it both ways. Um, and like, you know, you look at like the video game industry, the video game industry didn't want the government involved. Right. So the, so they created like in North America, they created the ESRB, which is a, it's like a middleman to get published. Right. And so every developer sits down with their game and there's a whole questionnaire and they like literally have to look at their game with honest eyes and be like, you know, is there blood in this game? Well, is there like, let's think about every single thing we programmed. Is there blood in this game? Right. Right. That might be a tick towards teen or towards mature. Yeah. Um, And what that does is like, I don't know, Brad, like, could you, could you afford to run a up to date podcast show and be beholden to having to like categorize every word that we said in the podcast to like get a rating and then have to submit that have someone yeah. have to listen to the podcast and then come back to you like youtube no. allows it so there is no middleman on this and they're just wanting content creators to be honest about what's in their content sure and and kind of a way to to think about it is um in a simple form it's like if we were making content for nbc NBC has certain standards and regulations that they have to abide by, abide by or else, you know, they're going to get fined. So right. we need to create content that's suitable for NBC. Um, and that's pretty much what the the general um, deal is here. Um, the, you mentioned the ESRB, um, and I, I looked into that because, you know, we're putting up videos about Jurassic World Evolution. And how does that affect us? That is a game that's rated T for teen. That is 13 and up. Um, so is that for kids? I mean, uh, technically the game is rated for 13 and up. So it, does it appeal to anybody under 13? Probably. I mean, probably. Probably. But, and I guess, is that like the general, is that like the vague word is appeal to? Because, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, look, it's, look yeah. it's all very, very vague. Nobody really understands what the difference is. And the thing is, it's made everybody afraid to create content. Um, in fear of getting fined $42,000. That's the broad term. They're just saying up to $42,000, but everybody's taking it as, I don't want to get charged $42,000 for just making uh, a simple YouTube video. So it's it's make, it's make made everybody kind of a little nerve nervous about creating content and being creative in general. Well, so then what's wrong with saying like, okay, so I did a couple toy reviews on the Jurassic Park podcast website, right? Or YouTube channel. What's wrong with what? What's the drawback of going and saying, "Hey, this is geared towards kids"? Is it just that you lose a we little don't... bit of money on those videos? Is that basically what it is? Well, there's no ads. No, okay. tar no targeted ads. 
Okay, um, so no ads, which means that you can't monetize your com- but, that content. But plus, right? they also will take away your comment section, so you can't discuss anything with anybody. That's a bummer. Yeah, yeah. so it really hinders the creative aspect of it and the community aspect. And that's something that we pride ourselves on here is is a fun community of people all over the place. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, our website, our Facebook group, like all this, these different places. Um, and YouTube's one of those places. And we, we have a bunch of great people on there. Um, so it's kind of a bummer. I just wanted to kind of point this out. We don't have to get too deep on it. We already probably have too much. Everybody's probably bored, but I just wanted to to notate that we're probably not going to change too much. We're just going to have to indicate what it is. And if you, if you guys don't see the comment section or if you guys are wondering what's going on with us, why we're not talking, uh, that's why. I mean, look, the reality is, Brad, you should not have bought your $2 million mansion off I, of I really jumped YouTube the money. gun. I jumped the gun. <laughs> You're completely screwed. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I think it's a bummer. I think my I think my opinion is probably very unpopular. I'm looking at it more of like from a not wanting the government involved and i'm looking at it like at a very corporate like level um looking at it as very much like a a take responsibility and be truthful about your content yes and also like because like i totally i totally am the first to acknowledge like this might screw over someone like clayton fury who does these videos on jurassic park a ton he already has a video up about it so you can go find out on his channel um and and there are many other i'm not gonna like spoil the the um, the news and such, but there are many creators out there, even within the Jurassic community, who are hanging up the uh, you know the certain kind of content that they make, and they're no no longer going to be making it because it's scary. It's it is literally scary to try to be creative and then think about the repercussions of just trying to make a toy video or a video about a movie, you know? So it's very, it's very tough. And, and we love the Mattel stuff. Me and you both love it. You've done reviews. I've done reviews. Um, you know, you don't want to get fine. So our videos will, you know, moving forward be indicated as for kids because that's the way the FTC finds, uh, um, uh, defines it. And it's funny because they even have like wording on their on their site about, you know, if you're going to be making adult content, um, not not that kind of content, but, uh, you know, stuff like home videos, um, construction videos. And I'm like, what? That's I'm not that kind of adult. Like like you were <laughs> saying before, you know, like I'm, I'm like I'm sitting here looking at posters in my room. I got toys all over the place. I'm talking about Jurassic Park for the past many years now, each and every week. So. But you know what's the funny? FTC likes like, to define what we are, I guess. I've said to you a million times, like I don't, I, I'm, I'm, a, I think I'm the same age as you, right? I was born in '85, mm-hmm. so, like, to me, like, it's so funny because we had had discussions before. Like, you're very into like YouTube culture and like understanding where to go to find actual entertainment. YouTube for me is like, how do I install this OEM car radio inside <laughs> my Ford yeah, Explorer? Yeah. How do I fix like? I think the last time I the last thing I Googled or watched a YouTube video on was like I had like a clog in my washing machine. And I was like, why is my washing machine clogged? Like that's this is how I use YouTube. That's, like, that's YouTube is not acceptable. fun for me like at all. They're going to be fine. Don't worry about that. They're, those channels are great. But if you watch any kind of like theme park vlog or a family channel, all these family content creators are kind of out of luck. And it's, it's a real shame because people, yeah. I'm not saying us, but people do make their livings off of this. And it's, it's gone, it's gone, like say goodbye. And, and I don't even know if you can figure out a different tactic because 
your channel appeals to kids. So I, no, I have no we met idea. Someone, we met someone at the Jurassic World live tour whose complete business was doing yeah. family. Uh, was it was it Latino and Latina like family? Yes, exactly. Stuff? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, well, do they have a job anymore? Like, can they actually I, do this? Like, I don't know. I have no clue. It's a it's a real bummer. And we all know that this is this is certainly for the better um, in terms of privacy, because that's you don't that's messed up what YouTube did. So the fact that they're instilling these regulations is great. It's just the fact that, yeah, it kind of got taken away from everybody. The carpet got pulled out from every uh, from underneath everybody when it really should fall upon YouTube, YouTube and not the creators. Um, yeah, there totally. needs to be a better regulation system. Um, but enough of that. Let's move on to some actual Jurassic topics. Ooh, um, I'm falling asleep with that. <laughs> so this is this is kind of a, a big deal here. We've had a lot of cast members announced for this movie. You got the big three. You got the Claire's, the Owens, the, you know, the people like that returning. I probably should have said their actual names, but I didn't. Um, we also have Daniela Pineda and Justice Smith returning as... Zia and Franklin. So, Aaron, go ahead. Give me your take. What you thinking? I mean, cool. (laughs) (laughs) This cast is already so massive. And like, honestly, these I don't I don't know. Like, they're they're fine. There's nothing wrong with I mean, Franklin was a bit much for me. And it was so obvious that that was supposed to be Lowry. Like, I would actually love to get Lowry back. I don't know why. He wouldn't unless he's just too expensive, maybe. But I don't think that's the case. Um, Very weird that these two are coming back. I don't know. I mean, how many more like big roles can we possibly have in this movie? Um, I mean, look at the Avengers. You can big. You you could have as many as you want if you look at the Avengers. It's just how you can handle it. How you can, you know, flip flop back and forth and and have a good storyline. Yeah, sure. I guess that's fair um, to say. I guess. I don't remember. I don't remember the fan love and support for Franklin and Zia as much as I remember the fan love and support for Lowry. Does that does do you know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. people loved Lowry at the time because he was kind of this. He was he us. Was like yeah. In a, yeah. In a in a bonus feature, he's like he's like I am the audience. I am the fan, and I think fans really took to that. Because I think fans, I think fans recognized it before it was blatantly said to us in a bonus feature. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I kind of don't know why those two over him. I mean, may, look, maybe it's still to come. I think that would be awesome if they did announce him. I think I said that online somewhere. Um, Justice Smith, unfortunately, his his Franklin character was the least like liked character. Daniela's character was pretty well like loved yeah, overall. She was, yeah, she was cool. She She's was great. You know, yeah, she's out there kicking butt. Um. But yeah, like Franklin, it was just it was because he was the comedic relief aspect of mm-hmm. that movie. Um and his comedic relief just basically was because he's a guy, it's funny when he screams. Like that yeah. mm-hmm. that felt like that's what that's a really simple way of getting a laugh, I think. Um yeah, so I like I, I thought it was I I think Alan faking electrocution is way funnier than than what Franklin did. For so, sure, for sure. I mean, I, um, I really enjoyed uh, Franklin. I thought his dynamic with Owen was pretty comical. Um, yeah, and just and, and good. Yeah, he didn't really add much to the film, I guess you could say. Um, you could have had any number of people do the exact same thing that he did. Um, he just kind of got them into the system, and into that building. 
pretty much. Um, and then in the end of the movie, him and Daniela just disappeared pretty much. Um, well, and then they're, yeah, they're just like standing there at the end. But his role was so weird. Like it, that one, it definitely could have been Lowry. And they've, I think oh, they've sure. admitted so um, that it was supposed to be Lowry. Um, and then two, and we're going to talk about this more. The things Colin says and then the things <laughs> Colin does years later, they're not, they're not cohesive, right? Like, Colin has said, like, these movies aren't about revisiting the same characters over and over again. And yet here we are, like, fine, we got the big three, which I already was kind of like, that's a little bit pushing it. But like, now we just have Zia and uh, like, like, where's like, where's uh, Roland? Yeah. Where's Roland Tembo? And oh, well, where's... I mean, <laughs> what? That, that, that would kind of be hard to bring him back, but I get it. Oh, I, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, my bad. But you get what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it. it there's so many other minor characters from the franchise. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Where's the, where's the Avengers? Let's do the Avengers. Like, let's do it. Let's get everyone. That At this point, that's what I'm saying is like, you've already opened up the floodgates. I feel like you need to go all out, you know, bring back Nick Van Owen and, uh, uh, Billy, you know, bring back the Kirby's bring back Sarah, you know, bring back everybody at this point. What does it matter? Yeah. It's so incredibly <laughs> weird. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like Nick Van Owen, like he's not doing a ton these days. Like he's got a successful career, but he could definitely like I would definitely love to see him back in another Jurassic movie. Oh, absolutely. I think it would be great. And I, I've I've been saying for ages that I feel like Sarah would be the more appropriate character to bring back instead of Ellie. I know that gets a lot of hate, that reaction there, but um, that's. Yeah, I feel like that that would be the more accurate approach. But well, um, yeah, because Sarah was a na- was like a nature survivalist or uh, safari like yeah field person. Yeah. I mean, who knows what any of these characters are going to be doing? We also have uh, Mamudo Athi and Dewanda Wise that were added to the cast, and and there's right. rumors that they are going to be maybe a couple or something like that in this film. Yeah, um, but they were announced as major roles. Major so roles. You have- you have the big three major roles. Well, I guess, these- yeah. Were these th- two announced as major? I don't remember, but... Yeah, I think so. Eh, probably. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't know what the... what. Look, I've been saying I don't know what the big three are going to do. I don't know what um, Owen and Claire are going to do. I don't know what anybody's going to do in this movie. So I can't really seem to even <laughs> imagine what Zia and Franklin are going to do. You know what's really funny? I think everyone is confirmed for this movie except for Chris Pratt. Like, I literally think there's like been no talk of him being in this movie. I mean, he's in all the press releases and stuff like that, but I, I, I guess, but like, <laughs> like, like, not that, not like, not that we need to be reminded constantly that this is like he's in these movies, but I feel like this was his and Bryce's franchise, like this, these three installments, and now it's like he's they're gonna take a side seat to the because they're going to take a side seat to the big three. Like everyone is going to be sure. amped to see the big three. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. That like every moment that the big three are not on screen, the general audience is going to be like, well, why am I even here? What's going on? Yeah. Where's the, where's the big three? You know? Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I feel like we had kind of a similar feeling when it, like you had said a long time ago that knowing that Jeff Goldblum was going to be in fallen kingdom was going to be distracting because you were constantly going to be like, well, where's Jeff Goldblum? Where is he? Where is he? Yeah. Where is he? Is yeah. He on screen. So like, I feel like now we've got that times definitely times three, right? With the big three. And uh-huh. now we've got these other characters to take up screen time. Like enough. We, we we're good on the cast. Yeah, I know there, there is like kind of 
people that are very nervous about you know th- like them keep adding people to the cast and i'm i'm just on the opposite side of the fence just saying just add everybody so i at this point it doesn't matter i i think you just keep adding everybody but i i can totally understand the viewpoint of like okay maybe we're getting to be a little bit too much here um you know this is probably not going to be like two and a half hours or anything like that so we kind of have to wedge everything that we can um and it's going to be it's going to be tough you know so we'll see, but um, I'm I am excited to see them come back. I really did enjoy um, Zia's role in the film. I thought she brought a lot to the character, and like I said, I enjoyed Justice Smith's uh, character. I'm flip flopping between actual names and characters, but you get it. Um, but I, I'm excited. I, I think it'll. I think it's going to be fun. I'm really interested to see what everybody's doing. I have no idea. I, yeah, and I think that's what I'm trying. Like I'm not again. I'm not anti anybody being in these movies. I just want to make sure that they just. I just want to like know that they have something to do and they have like a major role or like, I don't want them just on the screen just to be on the screen. Like for as little as Jeff Goldblum was in fallen kingdom, I felt like what he did was important. He was a character witness and basically like telling his story in, in an official capacity when we know historically that his character was like mocked and laughed at after the events of Jurassic park. He's like now 20 some years later, like getting his day, in the public eye and like being believed and being like trusted as like a reliable source on this. Yeah. Like even though he was on screen for like less than two minutes, what, what that meant for his character was actually huge. And so I don't want to like diminish like anyone else's character by not giving them something just as important to the overall story as what he got in that movie. One thing I hope about his character is that he, he, he retains some of that goofballness that he kind of, has had in the, in the previous movies, he was always a bit of a goofball. Um, but that's, and that's the other thing. It's like he was the comedic relief in in Jurassic. He was the comedic relief in Jurassic Park. Oh and yeah. And he's kind of the comedic relief in the Lost World, even though they kind of skewed. They didn't kind of know how to handle it as he's him like, being like a star. He's sort of fish out of water, but also can yeah. can handle a situation. It's it's weird. Yeah, it was weird. But then like. Now that like so then Lowry was comedic relief in Jurassic World and Kirby's uh, Kirby's were the comedic relief there. Actually, I think and everybody so the, was the Wasn't more everybody? characters you add. It's like, does, is anyone's dynamic going to have to change? Like if if Ian and Franklin are in a scene together, are they both going to be allowed to be comedic relief? Because that's that's their job. You know what I'm saying? I, like, I that's hope their, so. I think that could be pretty funny. <laughs> But like everybody in these, like even Claire sometimes is, and and Owen for sure. Like Blue's gonna start being hilarious, I think. Now, no, don't don't you say it. <laughs> don't you say it, man. Oh. Uh, well, let's move on to our next one here, and I think this is a pretty exciting one. Um, we've we've been wondering, you know, everybody's been wondering. We knew that these dates were coming for Jurassic World Live Tour. They expanded their roster here of uh, stops along the U.S. and Aaron. Uh, they're going to be out in Canada, so keep your eyes peeled. What? Yeah, man, they're coming your way. Um, so, well, Vancouver is definitely not my way. Well, that's one of them, but yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, you, I'm just going to go through the da- uh, the the locations. You guys can check out our our posts online or whatever. Uh, but we got Vancouver, uh, British Columbia. And man, this, this, I shouldn't have got myself into this mess. Cause I'm definitely going to mess up something. Uh, Everett, Washington, uh, Kent, Washington, uh, Nampa, Idaho, 
Por- Portland, Portland, Oregon, uh, Sacramento, California, San Jose, California, Anaheim, California, Los Angeles, California, Houston, Texas, uh, Dallas, Texas, Fort Worth, Texas, San Antonio, Texas, and then we're going all the way to Providence, Rhode Island, um, Montreal, Quebec, uh, Toronto, Ontario. There, Ooh, there it is. There you go. Uh, Hamilton, Ontario, Quebec. Uh, QC, uh, what is that again? What did I say? QC. What's QC? Uh, uh, Quebec. Oh Quebec. Quebec. Know. Quebec. 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 Is that a place? I don't know. No, I have no clue. Dude, I live here. I don't. Know. <laughs> is it Montreal, Quebec, or is that something else? Montreal. No. Montreal, QC. Hey guys, you guys. If you know, if you're there, you know. Um, on <laughs> Ottawa, Ontario. <laughs> St. Paul, Minnesota, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, uh, went to college in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Ooh, there you go. Uh, Cincinnati, Ohio, Hartford, Connecticut, Manchester, New Hampshire, Allentown, PA. Ooh, oh, that's good. Wilkes Bar, PA. Um, I don't know why I said that just PA, but Pennsylvania. Uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, and Little Rock, Arkansas. So. That's a big expansion, and it's it's funny that they're like, oh, oh yeah, you know what? We're gonna go back to the East Coast again, um, and hit a bunch of dates because they've done a they've already done several in Pennsylvania, and now they got two more added on there. But um, it's it's going all over the place, and you know everybody was very worried that it wasn't gonna hit the West Coast, but we we kept t- telling everybody, you know, they said that they're gonna be getting over there. Just follow their um, other touring plans, you know, if they have you know something that's similar sort of similar disney on ice just follow whatever that route is and you'd kind of see where they're going and that that kind of continues on for international um which they will be getting to in more international dates so just stay tuned um because this goes from the dates that i just said are from may 21st 2020 um and extending all the way out until de- december 13th 2020 so that's Little Rock, Arkansas. So, yeah, this thing's going to be going for a long time, and uh, I don't expect it to stop. I don't know if it'll go, you know, out to London or out to wherever, Paris, Spain. I don't know if it'll hit those places after that, maybe, you know, January 2021. But I think it's possible, you know. Yeah, Um I'm excited for this because this actually gives me two more opportunities to go see it um, based yeah. on where I currently live. Um, unfortunately, like just timing didn't work out for um, the Detroit dates for me, um, which is actually the closest to where my family is at. But um, yeah, Grand Rapids is a two hour drive from where my family lives and Toronto, like maybe I'll have them out, you know, as like a small trip and I can, and I can take the nephew. That'd be really cool. Um you know, I'm excited about this, and I think I think everyone's going to be excited about this, especially those who thought they were going to get left out in the United States, which I guess I didn't really feel like there was any question that if you lived in the U.S. that you were going to be kind of like kind of screwed on that. But uh, I think it's cool that they're integrating Canada right into this, this North American thing. Kind of weird that they're bouncing between Canada and, yeah. and the States, like – can you imagine dealing with customs? Uh, the customs there, uh, man. Like I don't every know. time you bounce back and forth, that would not be fun. Overall, I I I think they're they're 
tour is very odd. Like, I don't know the ins and outs of what's the most beneficial route for them. But when I'm looking at the map, I'm like, oh, my God, they're here. But then they're going over there. But then they're going back over here. It just does seem like a lot of bouncing around. But I'm sure that that benefits them and probably schedule wise and stuff like that. This is kind of tough to plan. So you got to have openings and slots and it's got to be financially beneficial and, and locations to go. So, yeah, there's a whole lot of uh, reasons behind all this. I'm sure a lot of it has to do with like arenas and the fact that like mm -hmm. a lot of arenas are used seasonally for sports. Right. And so, yeah. I mean, look like sports teams aren't going to get out of way, get out of the way of Jurassic park live tour. Right. So live tour kind of probably has to fit in wherever they can, like when the team is away, um, depending on the arena. So that's, that's probably why I would imagine, but yeah. this is really exciting. Yeah. These are typically like hockey and uh, basketball places arenas so sure. they're they're kind of battling over who gets the the court you know those days the court or the ice um right. because typically they're in the same place so then they got to add Jurassic world live tour on top of that plus concerts or whatever else it is yeah. um yeah. so it's a lot but yeah that's uh that's awesome i'm very happy so if you guys heard any of those those dates if they're anywhere near you go because i think this is your last opportunity here in the states for the states first yeah yes yeah, I think that they've they've basically they've toured, you know, they've gone west and now they're going to be heading back east. Um, well, I should say they're going west and then they'll be coming back east. And I think I think coming back east is a good time to collect back at Feld down in Florida. And then I would imagine that around the end of these dates, you'll probably start seeing international um, discussions happening. So, yeah, if you're in the U.S., these dates, I would imagine this is it. These This is your opportunity. Yeah, I, I didn't look at their previously announced dates, but I'm assuming it leads right up to May 21st, 2020, uh, right around there. So look, that we've got five, uh, six months, you know, so we're talking they could announce this stuff, you know, in July or August or something like that, like next year. Um, so keep your eyes peeled then. Um, or if you're listening to this in August, 2020, maybe they've already announced them. I don't know. Um, but this is, uh, this is good. I think this is good. And if it's, like I said, if it's in within a few hours of you make the trip, I think it's worth it. Um, I don't know if everybody does, uh, Colin. Um, but I think, I think, uh, I think it's worthwhile. Yeah, totally. So let's move on to the next one here. So that is, oh, this is another pretty big one. This is uh, a new DLC for Jurassic World Evolution. It's it's kind of a big deal. Kind of a big deal. Like, it, it just, like, came out of nowhere. I mean, everybody did expect this to happen, and we kind of heard rumblings and stuff like that. But Return to Jurassic Park, we will be able to play through a Jurassic Park version of Jurassic World Evolution, which is phenomenal. Um, I am very excited by this. There's a lot of cool details so far. As of this recording, there's still more details to be revealed. Um, I believe this comes out uh, December 10th, if I remember correctly. Um, but yes, December 10th, yep. Yeah, but this is this is a fun one. Uh, they've got um, a bunch of new features and stuff like that. They, they've they been talking recently about bathrooms, so you're going to have bathrooms added to the games. It oh, looks like some new bathrooms. Some new pathways. Um, you got uh, remodels of, like, certain dinosaurs and stuff like that uh, to kind of replicate uh, the the Jurassic Park Lost World eras. Uh, you have an aviary added to the game that somewhat resembles, it's kind of like a hybrid between Jurassic World and Jurassic Park 3. Um, and then you have 
the iconic imagery from Jurassic Park, like the visitor center um, and the raptor pen, stuff like that. It's uh, the park gates. It's pretty awesome. And guys, the Ford Explorer is in this game. Let's be honest. It's here. They haven't really shown it off too much aside from like in this tiny image on one of their pictures that you had to kind of look to actually find it. It is there. So this is exciting. What do you think? Was that a, was that a render or was that key art? Um, I believe it was a render. Um, it looked like it, a render, right? It, it, it is. I believe it's this. Um, yeah, it's definitely uh, it's the shot of the aviary. So if you look real close on the right hand side, there's kind of like a pathway there. Uh, there is a an explorer jungle cruiser in there. So this is uh, this is a beautiful looking update, and I am so excited. This hits December 10th um, on Steam, PlayStation 4, Xbox One. They have it listed as 1599 pounds. Um, I believe that's what that is, or euros. I don't know. Um, and then 1999 in US dollars here. So this is awesome. I am so pumped for this game. Yeah, I'm really excited. I think December 10th is a great. It's a great way to like kind of pump up your advertising a little bit for the holidays. Like, hey, don't forget this game. It's out. Mm-hmm. Um, really excited. It's interesting to look at some of the renders and then kind of realize how basic Jurassic Park was. Yeah, yeah. So and it I, don't, very simple. I don't mean that as an insult. It just, by comparison to everything else, it just feels so, like... I mean, original, I guess, is the is the right word to use. Um, I'm really excited about this. I wish they would have hyped up the park explorers a little bit more. I think the, they'll get there. The fences. They are may have like, already done it already by the time probably. this is released. The fences are even like original design. Um, so this is really exciting. I'm so excited for compies to be back. Yeah, I didn't even mention those compies and uh, pteranodons. I, at first, I, I always thought like, oh, the compies are just like too small. Like the programming probably can't be kind of bothered with an animal so small. But then they released in the last pack, not Dryosaurus. There was one smaller than that. And it's so tiny and it was so cute. And I was like, I put like a hundred of those on my island. I just, <laughs> I just crammed it full. My PlayStation 4 must have been going nuts um, trying to figure out, you know, all the computations yeah. based on those. So I'm kind of excited that. Because I'll go in, and I'll I'll blow, I'll blow those things to smithereens to put compies in my on my island. So um, I'm really excited. I think this is really cool. I think this is something that fans have been asking for for a long time. At first, though, I was really surprised that they didn't try to like put this out to kind of like revamp like some. Uh, so the Game Award nominees, uh, Mike Keeley's Game Awards, just announced their nominees uh, for stuff. And although this game didn't come out this last year, did it? No, it, it, this is 2018. Does that or okay? Yeah, so basically, it would be out for any of these game award nominees. Oh, okay, anyway. yeah. Um, but I kind of thought it was weird that like they did that, but I guess it's it's not this year's game, so it, it no. It, and yeah, you do need to own the base game to actually have the DLC, just in case you were wondering. Um, but sure, yeah. but like I kind of thought like at first, like if this was a game that was this year, I kind of thought like why not release this right around the time of like yeah. they're happening to kind of like boost your exposure. But this game, technically, quote unquote, you know to quote some kind of funny guys old is old. Right. And so this game is already kind of um, surpassed like it's, a lot of media ancient, coverage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, except for us, we will cover it. We're still going. Yeah, we'll still go. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm really excited. But what about you? 
Yeah, man, I'm I'm very pumped, and I think this is one of those things that will bring so many people back to the game. Yes. Um, this is a game that you you played real heavily for a, for a good while, um, but once you kind of ran out of stuff to do, you just stopped. And I stopped. I'll, I'll be honest, I stopped. Um, every now and then, I'll pick it back up, but like for like two hours, and then that's it. Um, oh, and that's like different than me. Yeah, that's like very rare though. I've got yeah. so much else going on. I want to play other games still um, and watch other movies. Hey, Disney Plus is out. I've been on that nonstop. Um, but this is this is something to bring everybody back um, because this is kind of what everybody wanted from the start. You know, we've always wanted something with Jurassic Park. We've like then one of the number one questions when we were sending you know people out, uh, James and Steve and Tom out to Fel, uh, Feld uh, to Frontier. Um, was like one of the number one questions was, will we see anything Jurassic Park? Are the explorers going to be there? We know the Jeeps are there. Are the explorers? Um, will we get to change out skins and stuff like that? Um, my One of my number one questions right now is, and I'm sure it's yours as well, will, will the um, islands be changed at all? Will it be more Nublar-like? Will it be more Sorna-like? Because Sorna is involved in this as well. Um so I, I'm I'm interested to see if those islands change at all to well, reflect what they did look that, like. I would imagine you're going to get new lands, right? Because at the end of the day, you don't you never get an island. You only ever get a landmass, right? And so, yeah, I think it would be very easy for Sorna to now just have a new location, you know, that looks maybe a little more Sorna-like in its foliage. I know there's like fans out there that are like really picky about foliage and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not really one of them, but. I do, I do get that the original Lost World offers a completely different, uh, like floral set yeah. design, as opposed to the original movies and and three. So, I think we'll get a new land uh, mass to work with. That one, you'll do your story because with every story expansion, we've gotten a land mass, a new, a new land mass to like unlock and mess around with, right? Because yeah. the gameplay is the the reason the land masses exist the way they do is to make the gameplay challenging. It's <laughs> People get annoyed by them, but people also forget like it's a game. Like there has to be some kind of challenging element. And I think I think whether or not how big or small the land masses are adds to the challenge of 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 playing the game. So I think we'll get new land masses. I think that as you unlock things in this new story mode, that you'll be unlocking all these assets probably to use interchangeably throughout like sandbox mode. I, you know, you could probably have an innovation center and a visitor center on the same, uh, sandbox landmass at some point. I don't know. I think, um, here it says for the bathrooms. <laughs> so this is the, the, the new update for the bathrooms. There's, there's also a free update for anybody that's out there. So you can get, uh, uh, what is it? 1.12 is a free update, which will have some stuff like Jurassic world style bathrooms that kind of resemble, like a, a shop or something that was in Jurassic World on Main Street. Um, so that's free, but then it says for the Jurassic Park version, which it does look fairly similar to what we see in Jurassic Park when when uh, Gennaro gets kind of uh, torn apart there. Um, it says here, um, Return to Jurassic Park will also gain the new Jurassic Park-style facilities featuring a design with a thatched roof inspired by the film. These will be available in the new narrative campaign, or when selecting the Jurassic Park era settings in a new sandbox or challenge oh. mode. So I, I don't think you can mix. Oh, interesting. 
Okay, well then I guess I take back what I said because yeah, it seems pretty clear there that you're, they're not going to let you. But oh man, does that mean that like I can't have Jurassic Park era dinosaur skins in my Jurassic World? I don't know if the I don't know if the dinosaurs Dude, matter because if, because if that's the out. case, then you won't have any of the Jurassic World dinosaurs in your Jurassic Park game, right? Oh no no no! This can't. I, I think the dinosaurs are probably safe because here's the thing. And it's not so much like, first off, the Dilophosaurus looks like the Dilophosaurus in both. The Gallimimus looks like the Gallimimus throughout. Um, what, what else? So the different one, the Brachiosaurus pretty much looks like the Brachiosaurus um, skin wise. So the big ones are the T-Rex, right? Which I always the, thought it looked the same anyway. Like I know a yeah, lot of people don't, you, but you, the, the T-Rex that they've offered in the game looks very similar. But I do, I did notice that when I um saw that t-rex render i was like oh yes that's the nublar style like it definitely felt sure. like and the triceratops the triceratops you cannot argue that jurassic park triceratops is the best one and it, you totally recognize it as the jurassic park one when they show the render yeah um and i also thought it was weird that the parasaurolophus is not the jurassic park skin but the well the, the standard parasaurolophus is the lost world Parasaurolophus. Um, yes. I'm trying to think. Yeah. And then what I thought was really weird, really weird, although I guess not because it was actually a big scene. The Trandonons are the Jurassic Park 3 ones, which bums me out um, a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're sort of Jurassic Park 3. I think they even look more like um, one they of the more like recent Tremors, toys. Which is really weird. No, they don't look anything like those. I was hoping for that nice, like, blue and gray and kind of some yeah. yellows or something in there. Um, the Stegos are spot on Lost World. Um, they, yep. this look like this rendering here looks exactly like the toy. It's crazy. Right. Um, I could almost just see a battle damage piece fall off there. Um, but the interesting thing about the Stego rendering is if you look in the background, there are Redwood style trees. So that could answer the question of, will the places look different? Um, I think the trees will. Redwood style trees. Oh yeah, that's yeah. cool. That's exciting. I think for Sorna though, it's gonna be. I hope they don't put like Ford Explorers and red Jeeps on there. Those are specifically <laughs> Jurassic Park theme park. Yeah. Park. So I hope we get. I guess. I mean, what would you have? Like you would. You wouldn't have anything that Ingen well, brought over, right? There is another image um, of interaction. I don't. It's not on our website. Oh, the Stegosaurus? Yeah, with the Stegosaurus hitting a vehicle. So there is interaction, like kind of battle damage on your vehicles. Um, that vehicle doesn't necessarily look like any of the vehicles that we have, I don't think, or that uh, are part of Jurassic Park. So I don't know. Maybe that could be a Lost World style vehicle. Um, at least it looked that way to me. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed that there could be some sort of Lost World style uh, vehicle. You don't think that car looks just like the bottom side of the blue thing that they just give you standard in the game? I don't know. Like the monorail is up there. Oh, is it? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. I guess it doesn't matter. I love that. <laughs> image. I love I'm that just image keeping my fingers crossed either way. Sorry, what? I, I'm just keeping my fingers crossed either way on hopefully getting some Lost World style stuff as well. Um, because like you said, it is a little bit different than Jurassic Park. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. So I'm excited. I cannot wait. I've yeah. been back. I've been back probably countless. Oops, sorry. I, I literally can't count the times I've been back to that game 
And uh, again, like you, it's not every day, but when I just need to like Zen out, that's the game I go to. It's just got nice relaxing music. I can just oh, kind of chill and that's build. Minecraft for me. <laughs> oh, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally just a Zen experience. I, I yeah. absolutely love it. Yeah. So that's that. I mean, if you want some more information, there's a article on our website or at this point, there's probably other articles uh, elsewhere because I'm sure they're releasing more information. They they did a feature focus with the bathroom update, um, and they're doing one more feature focus before this thing comes out in December. Um, so I'm assuming it's the week of this recording or this release. So keep your eyes peeled. There's probably some more news out there. But why don't you? Why don't uh, we actually move over? Because that was it for news and discussions on that. Um, let's go over to our community spotlight. So, um, we've featured this guy here quite a bit on uh, the podcast and our website and stuff like that. This is Michael Pierce. Um, now, I, I don't even know. Have we done a spotlight? We might have even done a spotlight on him. I don't know. Um, he is kind of in charge of Jurassic Explorer, um, creating this insanely detailed um, in-depth game kind of experience where you go in and it literally resembles like Isla Nublar during the Jurassic World era. It's very, very cool. Um, this thing has been around for quite a while. And, you know, just pretty much right around now, um, I think actually uh, the week of this recording, I believe on the 28th, let me just double check my article here or Tom's article. Um, yeah, November 28th will be the first trailer for this. There's going to be something called Our Jurassic Journey, which is a documentary following uh, Michael and the crew that worked on Jurassic Explorer, uh, just documenting uh, what went into this this experience. And I'm pretty excited by it. You know, we don't really have a lot of stuff like this in the fan community, uh, documentaries about how a, a fan project was built. So I, I'm very interested to see how this all comes together. Um, the the trailer, like I said, is on November 28th, so keep your eyes peeled. We're, we'll certainly have some stuff about it on our website. And um, then sometime in December, I don't think we have a date as of this recording, but sometime in December, the entire documentary will be airing um, over on YouTube, I'm assuming. So it's something I'm really looking forward to because you know we all put so much effort into our own fan creations, and I think this is really interesting and we should uh we should all take some time to uh give this a watch because you know a lot of hard work went into this yeah i'm excited um i've kind of been following along like the outskirts i've not actually like experienced it even in it's even in the old days before they they could they like rebooted at one point right or yeah, something. I don't know if there was one or two times but i did uh give it a few attempts and um my computer was never able to do it i actually have a a new computer now. I should give it a shot. Give um, it a shot. Yeah. yeah, because um it was available, you know, for both Mac and PC and um he we worked to get together several times because we did uh, a bunch of podcasts together, you know, documenting like uh, several releases. I did voiceovers for them on certain YouTube videos and stuff like that. I, I think I'm even in the the game. I I don't I don't remember. <laughs> um but um yeah, so we've worked the, uh, together for a while on this, and even Tom uh, Fishenden wrote up a nice um, uh, interview with with Michael Pierce about uh, the process behind this documentary and uh, got some information about it. You get to see some pictures of the documentary itself so uh, before it's released there, and uh, there is a, a quick clip 
um, in the article as well. So check that out. And um, I'm excited, though. I'm excited to see this. They actually did a, um, a release party kind of thing out in Australia because that's where Michael's from. And um, as far as I know, it went pretty well. Yeah, I mean, it looks really cool. So all the all the animals look very uh, Jurassic World era. Uh, they look they've got that Crash McCreary style art to them. Um, the combi in the trailer that I see here is adorable. Like I can't I can't even explain like how I guess I, it's like a compi week for me, man. Like anytime I can put a compi, I guess in a open world, I guess I'm pretty stoked. So. Um, yeah, it looks really cool. I think everyone should go check it out, especially the documentary. Yeah. I think it's really cool that these guys are, because I had an idea a long time ago to do like Jurassic Park in like full CG that you could just kind of like mill around in. And I think it's cool that these guys actually, you know, it's more than just talk, right? They're, they're doing it and they're doing it, um, you know, in, a, in an era that they love and, you know, as a for a fan project, it's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, and I just uh, I don't know if everybody heard that, but I brought up um, uh, that clip, so I'll play it. It's very short. I don't even know what's in here, but I forget. Um, let's take a listen. Oh, I just hit the wrong button. My bad. I don't know how to use YouTube apparently. So these are toys, well, the kind of figures and plushies and different collectibles that I have of one of my favorite games growing up, which was this golf game, Pena. Um, it's kind of an obscure game and it's a bit random to have this stuff around my room, but um, I grew up with this game and especially its colors and art style and characters really resonate with me, so that's kind of why I have that stuff. Um, How does a game like Pena influence your game door? Well, like I said, I think the art style, like just the way that it's like very colorful and, and um, for me as an artist, I, I think that really represents kind of what we try to go for um, when it comes to, you know, color palettes and, and trying to make things look visually happy. So you're a big Nintendo fan? Yes, very much. I grew up with all sorts of Nintendo systems, Nintendo 64, GameCube, the Wii, the Wii U, 3DS, everything. So there you have it. Um, yeah, and there was some imagery in there from the game itself, and um, and it, it looks fun. It looks really cool. I mean, I'm very interested to see how this turns out. Um, so that is our community spotlight. But now, yeah, guys, very cool. Yeah, but now we're gonna Strap in. <laughs> we're gonna Get take ready. it uh, to a new level here. I think. Um, uh, I don't. I honestly don't even know how to approach this. I did a. Um, a live stream about this a little while back because it was kind of fresh in everybody's minds. And then, uh, of course, the wire records at the end of every month. So we had to wait. I think this was like in the beginning after we recorded the last. (laughs) Oh, did it? Okay. Oh, man. So, all right. You know what? I'm just going to go ahead and play some audio to kind of, uh, should I actually, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to play this just to kind of get some idea as Do to... it while I shut my door and get angry. <laughs> All right. So over on Instagram, um, Jurassic World live tour, uh, that like we were talking about before, that's going all over the country. Um, the live show that has giant animatronic dinosaurs, um, live actors, uh, a, a compelling story, vehicles, stunts, 
fire, all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, they had a, uh, a world premiere um, several weeks into their tour, and Colin Trevorrow was there, and he had the chance to talk about it on Jurassic World Live Tour's Instagram stories. So here is a quick clip um, about what he had said. Oh, that volume is all the way down. Okay, let me go back. You know, it's uh, we have something we call soft cannon, which is is that it happens, uh, but it also exists in its own space. And you know, Feld, uh, all of the writers and the creators, they made a, a new story, uh, an original story that exists. All right, so that's. Let me just go ahead and play it back again. You know, it's uh, we have something we call soft cannon, which is is that it happens, uh, but it also exists in its own space. And you know, Feld, uh, all of the writers and the creators, they made a, a new story, uh, an original story that exists. Okay, all right. So that was part of the clip. There, there was a little bit more, but the the, the portion that we really wanted to discuss with everybody is soft canon and canon in general. So we wanted to, to do a big kind of conversation about canon. What does it mean? What's valid? What's not? How much anybody cares? Um, and Colin is talking about soft canon. So this kind of uh, big, you know, discussion in the fan community started based off of this soft, uh, soft canon comment because the creators of Jurassic World Live Tour, and Aaron, you can attest to this, um, we were there in person, and I've been there a few times with them, talking about how this experience is canon, how it how it matters, and how they worked, you know, hand-in-hand hand with NBC Universal and Colin Trevorrow and Frank Marshall and Steven Spielberg to make sure that this is something that fits into Jurassic World and what they've got going on. Um, and, and they've said canon time and time again, and then Colin kind of waltzes in here and says, you know what, guys, this is actually something called soft canon. So that's the whole thing. That's that's the introduction. Um, <clears throat> so we'll kind of back it up here, I think. Um, if you guys don't know or are not aware as to what canon is, this is a very it's somewhat complicated. It, it's it's sort of not complicated at all, but it is also somewhat complicated. Well, it's um, funny, right? It's, it's super controversial, but there's really nothing controversial about the definition of canon. So, <laughs> continue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I'm probably blowing out the speaker here because I'm like so amped up now. Oh, yeah, um, me too. But, all right. It's the show you've all been waiting forty minutes to listen to, or an hour to listen to, because <laughs> I think we're I think we're gonna go off on this. All right, so canon. I, I've got the Wikipedia up. So this says in fiction, canon is the material material accepted as officially part of the story in the fictional universe of that story. Um, it's often contrasted with or used as the basis for works of fan fiction. So basically, saying that you know, fan fiction kind of models their work off of canon. Um, alternative terms are mythology, timeline, universe, continuity. Um, but yeah, so this is something that kind of derives itself from biblical canon. That's kind of where this term comes from. Sets of books regarded as scripture. Um, and then there's there's something else called non-canonical 
Apocrypha. I don't know what that word is. Never heard it before until I went to this Wikipedia page. Apocrypha. So I guess that's something that is not canon, something that is not regarded as scripture in biblical canon. So this is how how old, I guess, this term terminology is. Sure. Um, and I think, I mean, I can maybe speak a little bit to it if I'm not mistaken, and I could be wrong. I think essentially it's like when you talk about biblical terms, there's, I think there's in like the NIV, there's like, I think 66 books that are considered the Bible. And then like other churches will add other books. Like I think they're like, I think the, the Catholic church has like extra books that they add. Um, but they're not recognized amongst like all Christian religions as yeah. the Bible. They're like, and n- not saying that they're like necessarily false teachings or like that they're not good. It's just that like, I don't think that, I think there's 66 books in the Bible that are all agreed upon as like, they have to be there in order for you to call it a Bible. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, that, that definitely makes okay, sense. I cool. mean, I, yeah, I get the term, and I, but I just know a lot of people are kind of confused as to what canon is in general. Um, and from a, a film standpoint or a, um, uh, just a, a pop culture standpoint, I guess, you know, it's something that's fairly popular nowadays because, um, And it's the one thing I always go to when discussing this topic, and I know I discuss this topic a lot here on this show, Star Wars. Um, I think it's the most valid uh, route to take when discussing canon because there's a lot of of options to discuss. So Star Wars has been around since 77, 1977, and they they came out with an assortment of films and then randomly just started making books and – uh, they were kind of really not really, um, you know, uh, checked off by George Lucas. It was kind of just things that were made. And it was just a wild assortment of um, books, comic books, video games, anything you want um, Star Wars related. And then, you know, 2012 comes around when Disney buys Star Wars. They're still producing content at this point. Um, something like uh, Star Wars, the Clone Wars, the animated TV show. And they they decide, Disney decides, and Lucasfilm both decide, we're going to erase canon. We're going to erase, uh, well, expanded universe. We're going to erase the entirety of the expanded universe. All those books you read, all the comic books you read, it's all going away as of right now. Everything that we um, are making going forward should be considered canon. Um, the only things they didn't get rid of were the films, obviously, and... Um, the Clone Wars, Clone I think Wars. the Clone Wars film itself, and maybe a, I think like the Darth Maul Son of Dathomir comic. Um, so yeah, it's it, it, they decided to start from scratch, um, and then from that moment onward, pretty much nearly anything that wasn't like Lego or something specifically <laughs> aimed at kids um, was there for canon. So. And I said this the other day, I've, I am on my 21st Star Wars novel since this new canon has been uh, instated That's here. crazy. So, and there have been 21 new books? That's not even all of them. I've just only read 21. Jeez. So, and when I, when I was sitting there reading that book and this canon issue was, has had a rise or uh, come up, I, I, was, I, I got sad. I, I, I got sad because I thought – you know, Jurassic can barely, you know, pump out one book and 
uh, some you know uh, a live tour and maybe a video game or whatever and call that canon. They can't even do that barely without controversy. Um, Dude, and I th- Uncharted has a book and like yeah. an extra game. And I've like, read him. Yeah, I've read that, and I I consider that canon a part yeah, of the thing that happened. You know, it's, it's canon. Xbox has books. There's Gears of War books. There's Halo books. Mm-hmm. They're canon. Yeah. Right? So Star Wars, I think, did itself a huge favor. Now, not this is not they everybody's did. point of view. No, because um, people are mad that, that the expanded universe disappeared. But I, I personally think Star Wars did a huge favor, erasing the entirety of its content, essentially. Um, and then in 2015, this really should have been the state of Jurassic. Um, it was primed for it. You know, they just failed to do it. <laughs> they failed to do it. The, the Jurassic was you know, uh, restarting itself. It was, you know, building a new universe based on the old, old universe. That stuff still existed, even though people were questioning it back then, just thinking that maybe the first film was the only thing that ever mattered. Um, but everything matters. The, the lost world, Jurassic park three, those things mattered, uh, film wise, that's it. Um, and then Jurassic world came out and that's the moment when universal, lacked the confidence of this series i think um well, it started before that when it was like on twitter for uh, <laughs> it started with so are you building like is this going to be like a new universe like the mcu or like star wars and colin was very much like we're not trying to create a giant expansive universe and it's like bro your movie's called jurassic world like we get what you're doing and yeah. so I don't understand why he was so like I like he he could have just easily have been like look if the people want this and they turn out to see Jurassic World then yes of course we're going to be creating uh an expanded movie verse in the form of more movies but like why First off, why why be invited to Feld Entertainment, right, and or the world premiere, whatever it was they were doing, and then like give this like poo poo answer with kind of like a smirk as to like, yeah, it's not really canon. And like the only thing, especially when he like smiles, I'm like, so you didn't like it? Like that's what it boils down to, right? I, it's like, yeah, I honestly thought that was pretty rough, and I was, I like, it I was, was like, it was weird. It was, it, was, it was very weird, and it honestly hurt a little bit to see that because something that we here at the podcast have been saying for ages now uh, since the promo of this thing, that this show, this live tour is canon. It's part of canon. Um, and then to have him say that was uh, disheartening, very disheartening. And the only thing at that moment I could think of was all the people that have worked on Jurassic World live tour – that have been saying this stuff and and how kind of hurtful that was to that that creative process everything that they have done everything that they've worked towards and and achieved over time to say that it doesn't matter i mean look i i'll say this and it's like being a creative like professionally like sure not everyone is going to love your work there's been things i think uh, with George Lucas coming out and saying he's not really been a fan of the new trilogy for Star Wars. And like, I think the way JJ handled it was like really well done. Like he came out and he said like, look, we respect George. It's I, we understand it's gotta be hard for him to like kind of let go of this thing that he's yeah. created. Yeah. And 
you know, I, I love the line in, in Abrams interview where he's like, do I wish this was George's favorite movie of all time? Of course. Yes, I do. Of course I do. He's my childhood hero. But like at the same time, like, you know, owning it, like we're the new creative force behind this. And yeah. so like he, he kind of I, I thought Abrams interview was great. And I just kind of thought it was so weird for Trevorrow to go down there and be like, just the way he did it, it was like, fine. It, he didn't like it, but like, honestly, like, it, or maybe he did, I don't know, but it definitely felt like he didn't like it. And I don't understand what's so hard about saying or about acknowledging. Yes, this is a different medium, which means it's a different style of show. The story is canonical, but maybe, uh, was it Chad? Yeah. Maybe Chad wasn't as overbearing in quote unquote canon as he was maybe portrayed in this medium, right? So like he didn't even need to go that far. He didn't have no, to he say didn't even need anything to he about like, its yes, placement. He could have been easily been like, look, this story is canon. We may or may not touch on this in the future. Like exactly. that's all he that's, had to do. That, that's all it has to do. Um and I, I want to clear up some confusion here about canon. We're, we're back it up just a little bit before we get too deep again. Um, we have soft canon now. We, so we have canon, which we have already established is is scripture. It, it is what has happened. So in Jurassic, we have some some variations here. We have the novels, which are their own canon: Jurassic Park and The Lost World. Not the evolution of Claire. That's separate. Um, the novel canon is those two original books by Michael Crichton. That doesn't translate to the film canon. That's separate. There's the novel canon, and then you have the film canon. Um, because there's too many discrepancies between the two. They can't overlap. Um, so you cannot interchange them no matter what. No matter well, what. They're also, they're also the movies are retellings of those books. So like you mm. literally can't have the same story told two different ways. Be canon, right? Like sure. if, 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 you know, if we pulled aside, uh, Jen, right. And I told her a story about, um, you know, what your day to day responsibilities are at work. And then so wait, you tell her your day to day responsibilities, and then I walk up to her and say, "And say this is what Brad does at work all day." One of us is lying. Well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that because I have a lot to say about that as well, um, and that's very different too. Um, so, so novel can canon, film canon. So, film canon, as we know, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, JP three, Jurassic World, Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom, Battle at Big Rock, and uh, Jurassic World three. Um, Th that's our our standard that is that is set in stone films don't change films are films they they are what they are um jurassic everything that happened in jurassic park happened everything that happened in lost world happened and you have to consider everything that happened in jurassic park so then when you go to make jp3 you have to consider what happened in those two movies and moving forward and so on um is there anything that kind of fits in between those things is a big question as well. So that's kind of where we're sitting right now is levels of canon. Are are there levels of canon? Um, I don't think so. And I, I don't I don't think that's really up for debate, really. I think there's uh, there's canon, which is something that matters. And then there's not canon. And that doesn't matter. So, for instance, um, Jurassic Park, uh, the movie, or, or let's let's go all the way to Jurassic World. You have the films, and then you also have Lego Jurassic World. Um, you know the Indominus Escape, 
We'll, we'll say that. Or the Legend of Isla Nublar. Uh, these are two can uh, <laughs> these are two created materials that use the material the source material and expand upon it in ways that really does not correlate with what you see in the films. So well, that can't be considered canon. That's not canon. That's something that is not canon. It's simply the Lego stuff simply cannot be canon because Lego exists in a world where phys like where physics acts differently. And I know that's like you're it's mm -hmm. like, oh physics. Why are we talking about physics in a in a canonical, you know, discussion? But like physics is important to the world, right? Owen and so, Owen jumps out of like a helicopter and rides a pteranodon in, right. in the Lego stuff. So Sure, maybe, you know, Indiana Jones kind of did the same thing in in uh, the Temple of Doom, but um, this is not that. So this is, the Lego stuff is just so wildly different. In the Lego stuff, a lot of the original characters have returned to the island at some point or another. Um, there's there's a lot of really weird, wild stuff going on in there. Um, you know, they'll take, they'll take a Lego piece of one dinosaur and put it on another and then put it on another and then it looks like a, some sort of weird hybrid and say that's a, a villain of the series or something. So <laughs> they that, literally rip apart dinosaurs and stick them back together. That yeah. in no way we all we all are in agreement that is not canon, right? There are things that kind of straddle the line and things that are supposed to be considered canon. Um materials I think that were once considered canon maybe um to a certain extent. You have like the Tops comics. You remember the the old Tops comics? Do I remember um, them? I've I've read them recently. They're yeah. ridiculous. I never considered, even though it says official it's, sequel to Jurassic Park yeah. on one of them, it, it is definitely not. <laughs> it says it on the top that this was the official sequel to Jurassic Park. So at one point in time, this was considered canonical. canonical. You know, um, Muldoon lives. You know, it's some some crazy stuff happens in that. Um, another one, Jurassic Park: The Game. This is something that you know, pretty much could be considered canon. There's a lot of crazy stuff in there as well, but it really, it ties in well to Jurassic Park. And when, when this came out, I think it was 2011, maybe. Yeah, um, they were like, this is the official seek. This is exactly what happens after Jurassic yeah. Park. Like, and and very open about it. Telltale was all about that. You know, they've got their Walking Dead stuff. They've got, they had Back to the Future and the Back to the Future one, I'm like, this is canon. This, this works. It fits in. Um, and Jurassic Park, I did the same. I'm like, you know what? This works. It fits in. Everything's great. And you can pull stuff from canon or, you know, material as well. Mount Saibo is is in Jurassic World, Fallen Kingdom. It explodes. We see it happen. Um, and that comes, uh, you know, partially from this game. This is something that comes from the game. Um, we also have stuff like Trespasser. Oh, let me go back to Jurassic Park, the game. But uh, one reason that you can't consider that canon is because... In the game, the T-Rex demolishes the front of the visitor center. And as we know, when you watch Jurassic World, the kids enter through the front of the visitor center but and it's why, attacked. Okay, fine. That's a big, that's a pretty big thing. But I feel that's like big. even the movies themselves have not inconsistencies. What's the word I'm looking for? They have plot uh, holes or they have what plot holes? Not plot. There's flaws. Like there's um, continuity yes. errors. Oh yes. Oh for sure. For sure. There's continuity errors, right? And so I would say yes. The demolishment of the visitor center front that would be a very that's big a that's a pretty error. big one. And and right. and we'll get into something else a little bit later that I think you can you can do what you want. Um, there, there's also trespasser, which is not really 
it's not it can't really really ever have been i don't think considered canon but there's material in there that everybody really latches on to um and really wants to consider canon um stuff like the lost world website that had some really valuable material on there um even even the lost world deleted boardroom scene that's something that i have uh, you know and it's funny because it's literally in the movie um when you watch it on like TNT on TV. On, yeah, when you watch it on TV, it's in the movie. Oh, I think along with the you know Roland punching the the dude in the at the bar or whatever at the um you know that restaurant or whatever it was. Um, so the Lost World boardroom scene is an interesting one because that's like a pretty heavy scene that deals with some interesting stuff and payouts for deaths on the island and uh, but it also kind of it kind of hints at the destruction of Nublar which we know it wasn't destroyed. Um, the dinosaurs still lived and were found and used in Jurassic World, and um, the island's still, you know, usable. Um, so those are some things that I think, you know, at one point or another, we certainly could have considered these things canon. Um, now we're kind of stuck at the point where, you know, we have a bunch of material that we're like, well, is it canon? I... I I don't know. You know, I don't know. Jurassic World Live Tour is something that they specifically told us. This is canon. The Evolution well, of Claire is another one, too. Um, that ca- uh, uh, Colin has actually said, uh, our, our buddy Chris Pugh um, asked him a question once. Uh, should the books like the upcoming Claire-based prequel novel be considered canon? Um, he asked that over on Twitter. And uh, Colin responded, yes, Bryce Dallas Howard is consulting on the book with me. So he's saying right there, should this be considered canon? Yes. Um, but so what's funny is, what does Dallas Howard consulting on the book have anything to do with whether or not it's canon? Well, I guess, um, no, that doesn't really have anything to do with canon per se, but um, I guess continuity, like you were talking about before. Is this something you think your character would do? Sure. Okay. Yeah. You know? Um, so that's 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 something there. And, um, uh, you know, stuff like, Jurassic World, the exhibition, that's a new thing that's been produced over the past few years. That's not canon any at any point. So I, I just wanted to point out the fact right. that What's you have... Not canon? What? What was that thing you said is not canon? Jurassic World, point? the exhibition, it's, oh, sure. it's, yeah. it's just a uh, thing that you walk through that has dinosaurs. It's very awesome. It's very cool. Um, but it's there's no canon element to it. You travel to the island by ferry, um, walk through the uh, the certain paddocks on the island, and similar stuff that happens in the movie happens. Um, but it's not really something you would ever say, hey, this is canon. Um, but also, you know, we have theme parks too. You know, it's something that you could you could look at these storylines and like, like Jurassic World The Ride, something that has been revamped and um, features, you know, stuff from the movies and and stuff like that but it's so drastically different than how things happen in the movies that it's another thing that you can't consider canon um you can't consider all you all these things you're saying that you can't consider canon you can't consider them canon because they step on the toes of what you were told in the movie which we are to understand is biblical canon so of course these like of course these things aren't canon you know, like they, they, well, you can say that though, but, but Star Wars is doing that though. They're, they're doing it. 
Like, like I was saying before, they have all these novels and comics and everything's revamped. Every, like, all the video games that they're producing are canon. Like, yeah, but Star Wars makes sure to not step on the toes. I know. And, and that's, before, that's just why they axed everything out of the 70s yeah. and through the 90s because they were like, we're not going to pay someone to, like, be the keeper of the 70s through the early 2000s for us even though there was someone doing that job anyway. Yeah. They're like, no, we're done. We need to like, make sure that we take the brand and we say, this is day zero. Here's what counts moving forward. We're going to make sure to pay homage to all that stuff. And Jurassic world was the opportunity to do it. And yet it's still like we're living 25 years ago. Yeah. Getting random stuff. Yeah. But like, for instance, star Wars, uh, you know, they've, just in the past few months uh, unveiled galaxy's edge at, at disney you know parks um in the united states and that's canon the, the the theme park is canon like what happens there is now being branched off into novels several novels have already taken place in that universe and um you know things that happen there are tied back to the movies and 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 whatnot and the, the animated series and so it it really it's so interconnected and it's so beautifully done throughout all landscapes of animated comic you know theme park film everything um even audio they have audio dramas that are not a, a written source material at all it's just a audio drama that was put together um and then in our case you know we also have stuff um like uh, the, the viral material. So we have Mizrani Global, which kind of, you know, gave us a lot of information about Fills the Mizrani. Gaps, yeah. yeah, fills in gaps. Um, the DPG, which is, uh, you know, there was an insane amount of, of documentation in there. Um, Extinction Now was kind of like the adversary to the DPG. Um, so those are like a few sites that you can go to and fill in gaps. Um yeah, and there's there's great information in there. Um, so where where are we now? I mean, we so we have hard. Uh, this is the the, the levels that uh, people like to instill upon canon. I guess you could say you have hard canon. People like to call it hard canon. Uh, people also like to say soft canon, as Colin did. Um, I don't think those are things. You have canon, and then you have not canon. Well, here's the thing with soft cannon, right? And my favorite is head cannon. That's my all-time. Yeah, that's favorite. that's another one, and that's not that's not a thing either. That's just your own music. Like why 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 infuse the word cannon into that? Like at no, all? that's like, yeah. That's why I'm I'm trying to differentiate cannon because it, cannon is only one thing. It's not two things. It's not three things. It's right. one thing. <laughs> like what I what I love about soft cannon. And well, I hate it. Number one, <laughs> two, like it's just basically here's what soft cannon is. Soft cannon is a way for the current steward of the property to say, "Yeah, I'm not dealing with that." Like, mm-hmm. it, I, I would I'll, at this point, I am 100 percent certain that there will be something in Jurassic World three that completely contradicts Jurassic World Live Tour's story. Yeah. Uh, because I, I'm kind he of gave that the same weird thing. little smirk and was like, "Oh, it's soft cannon. I don't feel like playing in that sandbox. I got my own sandbox. No one else is invited to join in, right?" Yeah. And so you have that, and you so you have the steward who has done a phenomenal job, by the way. Like I am not at all complaining about the quality of of this, 
But Colin Trevorrow is the steward. Unfortunately, Colin Trevorrow is not in charge. Like he has producers above him that run the the franchise in general, like Frank Marshall, right? So really, Colin being the steward is unfortunate that he's done such a great job because he's really not the guy who can make these decisions. Like he's the guy that can like basically go to Frank Marshall and be like, I would love for this to be canon or not be canon. Right. And Frank Marshall literally has, I think the be all end all decision-making on that, or maybe Spielberg right above him. So it's just really, really weird that he was like, Oh, it's like soft cannon because to me saying something is soft cannon is basically saying, I didn't particularly like it. I'm not going to be beholden to this story and future filmmakers shouldn't be beholden either. Yeah. But so why, why not? Like if a filmmaker comes along in five years, why not just be like, Hey, you also need to watch the live tour like video that we took because your yeah. story has to replicate or your story has to at least consider what happened in there. Yeah. Like can't like how hard would it be to, to basically say, you can't negate what happened. Like it's very easy to not negate something. You just don't talk about yeah. it. Making content that that feels like it doesn't matter is is problematic. Um, I, I want to throw it back to uh, February two thousand and eighteen. Um, uh, this this account here at Jerry Rock twenty two. Um, if you're listening, what's up? Um, <laughs> you threw it out to Colin to ask um, a question. Can we consider JP the game? 2011 canon to Jurassic Park and Jurassic World movies. Colin did respond and he said, I've consulted on all our new games and I like to consider them soft canon. I don't want to hold the developers back from making a better gaming experience by having to adhere to every detail and rule. Games are their own medium and their their own world. Um, Now, I want to say to that, no. (laughs) Okay? Um, I'm mad about that comment right now because... There, I have not played it yet, but um, Jedi Fallen Order, huge game right now. Everybody is absolutely in love with it, and it is something that 100% matters. It's not its own world. It's not its own medium, and it's something that the developers, they had to to make sure that this game fit into the grander universe. So I, I'm, I'm very upset to, you know, this is an old comment, of course, but... He's using the term soft cannon for, he said, one of his newer games, Jurassic World Evolution. Um, He's calling that soft cannon. Which, well, but of course, but of course, it's not canon, though, dude. Like, oh, I know that. Can, I know. How but, can there? How but, can that possibly be canonical? It's not. So, like, why not just say it's not canon? It's just using our property for a fun game. Like, how that's what I'm that trying to, to just differentiate here because he's calling Jurassic World Evolution soft canon. But also Jurassic World Live Tour, which has been touted as canon, something that does not tread on anything ever. It, it really fits in perfectly um, into canon. So he's 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 holding these two items in his hands, and he's saying they're equal. They're the same thing. You could essentially use both of them in the movie experience, which is blatantly not true whatsoever. Jurassic World Live Tour 100% could be tied in with the universe that the movie has, movies have built. Jurassic World Evolution absolutely cannot be. So so, so let me get this straight. Is your frustration based on the fact that he's taking something that could actually work, could give us this morsel that 
fans have been wanting forever. <laughs> and he's is and he's withholding that from us. Is that kind of where your frustration is coming from? So my frustration is that for sure. Um I think it, it's it's also um the inability to like create a world and to trust your creators and to um, have faith and all that. I, I just think that they've they've done themselves a disservice by saying things are are soft canon or and don't and, and what the problem is is by saying something is soft canon, you're essentially saying it doesn't matter to the overall story. And what you're doing is you're underselling your product. You're you're telling everybody that this doesn't really matter so therefore you know you almost don't even have to see it to see our movies you know yeah but see here's the thing okay so camp cretaceous is coming out soon and apparently now everything's up in the air whether or not uh -huh. it's canon or not right like no one is taking anything away from me i can still enjoy all of these products right and that was the big thing when like there was backlash against the star wars deleting canon right it was like look no one's taking this away from you all we're saying is is that look we need to tell a story and we these are the things that we want to choose mm -hmm. to be a part of that story moving no forward. longer in the timeline right so Okay, Jurassic World Evolution. I totally loved it. I 100% agree. That cannot be canonical. This doesn't this doesn't hurt my feelings, right? No. Like this doesn't hurt my feelings as a consumer. I think that's what's happening to like a lot of people. They're feeling like, "Well, I really liked this thing." And you're now you're telling me it doesn't matter. It's like that does that does stink. Like I totally agree. But like like if it, if it's not canon, that's not for us to decide. Which is why I I, I can't stand this concept of head canon because yeah. you know Brad, if you said to me, well, it, you know, in my head canon, Jurassic Park, you are not the curator, you're <laughs> not the steward. What you like, I'm sorry, Brad. What you what you perceive, like it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to the collective conversation of what happened in the aftermath of Jurassic Park the movie, right? So yeah. like, I, I think it's, we can still enjoy everything, but I think it is very important to denote this is canon. This is not canon, right? Enjoy everything. Have fun. Love our, love the product, love the IP, but please understand that the Jurassic world movies moving forward will or will not recognize this piece of content. Yeah. And that's what I feel like is a, is a, you know, a, downfall of this world building that they've set out to do is is they're they're cutting themselves short where they could really make this a very rich environment um you know like i said 2015 it was primed for it they just failed to do it like they could have set up all of this stuff they could have gotten the book started sooner they could have gotten the live tour out there before the exhibition they could have done all of this stuff to tie and make a, a grand universe here um, but they just didn't. And, and even when they do do it, they, they, um, it's walk messy. backwards, they walk backwards and, um, messy is, is, is a different thing entirely because uh, yes, this entire series is a bit messy. We kind of mentioned that. Um, but this just makes it, it even, even messier, which is really, uh, it's annoying. Um, well they had they had the opportunity to have like a dust pile on the floor but now what they have is they have like a house from like hoarders right like they they had the opportunity in 2014 or 2015 to be like look moving forward the things coming forward are canon everything else aside from the movies in the 90s and early 2000s that we can we can consider that 
expanded universe. They literally could have been like, it's expanded universe. Because as a kid, I never opened up my Kenner toy, got the collector card with the image and was like, oh, that's that's canon. This guy shot this Tranodon with this rifle. As we all historically know in the podcast, that is one of my favorite <laughs> yeah. images of all time, right? But I never thought as a kid that that was like something that happened at Jurassic Park because it was displayed to me in some format uh, of, of media. Mm-hmm. Like it would, to me, that was like expanded universe. And the comics to me, to me were expanded universe because I was always, I was always under the impression, especially in those days that every medium was its own thing, except for star Wars, star Wars, star Wars was this special thing that like had this giant galaxy that they could play around in. Right. But with Jurassic, it's so small. It was to me as a kid, it was very easy to decipher what was, what did and didn't count. And it was still all enjoyable. Right. But then, like I said, in 2013 with the, with the, and here's the word soft again, the soft reboot of the franchise, right. Or the continuation of the franchise, they had the opportunity to say, the only thing in the past that matters are the movies. Here's a clean slate. And now everything counts. They had that opportunity. And they're squandering it. It's so weird. Yeah. In in a world where this is a good way I th- I personally like to describe it, where um, this world, we have so much material to take in. You know, we have new streaming services popping up left and right. We have TV shows just uh, popping up every hour, it seems like, that we have to watch, that we have to consume video games that uh, that matter, you know, in, in, a, in a certain universe, things that are actually counted and qualify like as part of the story and i i find it hard to consider my you know valuable time because i have to um you know take my time with my family that comes first um you know i i want to consume as much media as i can so you know i'm going to the movies i'm sitting on the couch watching all of these things getting all the streaming services but when i find out something doesn't necessarily matter it gives me less reason to enjoy it or to take it in. Um, you were mentioning that the art and everything like that, that that's certainly um, a valuable position because Jurassic World Evolution, never a thing that I ever even considered to ever be associated with the word canon, but yet here we are. Um, and that's just, I just play that because it was fun and it's, it, it's a Jurassic thing. So I don't really think that'll ever change. You'll always be able to enjoy and experience these things, but the fact that you don't have this groundwork for a greater universe or a greater storyline, um, it's it's kind of upsetting. At the same time, we, we mentioned that this is such a mess. You know, there, like we talked about, there's so many inconsistencies throughout the different movies and and some of the uh, you know some of the DPG stuff or um, you know even even Jurassic World live tour. I'm sure you could find something in there like you're mentioning. The sometimes the characters are are a bit over the top or something like that. But at the same time there's some pretty valuable stuff in there that you want to um use in the storyline. Um I think you mentioned headcanon and for me that's that's not this like untouchable thing like it seems like it is for you. Um I think it's valuable headcanon. It's just it's I mean, just not – it shouldn't – there should be, like, another word because it's not canon. It's just kind of, like, what you consider canon, and well, that's it's perfect. Your favorited, it's yeah. your favorited version of the story. Like, look, in my – I guess my favorite version of the story, Jurassic Park 3 simply doesn't exist. I didn't <laughs> – 
find that movie valuable enough to want to continue that in my head. Yeah. But like bad news, Aaron, that movie exists. exists. And so like, this is like when I would talk to like hardcore star Wars fans, right back in, Oh, the mid two thousands, the prequels, garbage, right? It's not, that's not, that's not my canon. I got bad news for you. Jar Jar is real. It happened. Yeah. Right. It's a real thing. Like it just, it just makes no sense as to well, where we yeah. came up with this headcanon. It's a justification for not wanting to feel bad that something you like doesn't count. I think there's a little bit of nuance between um, a, a quite a bit of nuance between like anybody that says, well, th- you know, I, I didn't really like Jurassic Park three. We, uh, this is always the go-to one in, in this community is like, well, you know, I didn't really, I didn't really care for that one. So I don't think about it. I don't consider it, in my storyline, like we're saying, it's not really but, in my but head. My storyline doesn't matter. No, it does. No, it does. Conversation. No, no, no. Sure. I mean, you can't have the conversation without considering everything. That's the that's the the point. You can't you can't have the conversation about what happened without considering that. But in your head, when you're thinking about it on the couch, sure, that head cannon is valuable to yourself. Um, but you can't sit there and argue with somebody. Um, or interchange the stuff that happened with the novels or, you know, do any of this stuff and have a valuable conversation when you're not considering every detail of the canon. Um, and, and I know it's very tough because um, another thing that people like to, to talk about is availability, um, which I'd, I unfortunately don't think that's a satisfactory answer. Is no, if I something unfortunately, is, I don't think it is either. No, if something's not available to you, it shouldn't be considered canon. That's that's a a, a thought that many have. Um, I mean, look, I don't right think now, that's the Mandalorian accurate. is not available in to, yeah, what, the United everybody. Kingdom? To most countries. Yeah, it's not really available to a lot of the world. Um, and even to those that it is available, you still have to pay for it. Like, you still have to have to buy, buy into a service that you don't already own right. or whatever. So... Bad news. It's canon. It is canon. Yeah. You can't make these decisions based on availability. Yeah. And and that came up a lot with Jurassic World Live Tour is a lot of people have said, why should I matter? Why should I I care? It's not like I'll ever see it. And then, you know, I respond, hey, guys, like, give it some time. New dates will be announced. Um, It it will have the opportunity to, to at least be available to as many people as it possibly can be available to. And who knows what the future holds, if there will ever be some sort of release outside of that. I don't know. Um, But, you know, that really shouldn't be a factor, you know, in in your in the discussion. You know, because I, I won't go into my controversial statement I made about whether or not you see. But like, look, if something happens in history. Just because you didn't see it doesn't mean it didn't happen, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, to these people who say like, well, I'll never see the live tour. It's like, okay, but you'll hear about it. Why don't you seek out the story? Maybe look at a news art. Like, like someone out there is reporting on the live tour, us, right? We sat down for three hours and basically spilled the beans about every plot point possible. So... That's how that's how you as someone who lives overseas and cannot experience it, that's how you can experience it, right? I experience history through podcasts and through, you know, reading books and watching documentaries. I wasn't there during World War II or World War One, but I know they existed. I know what happened. Like, 
that's that's canonical to our real world timeline. Yeah, and you wouldn't be in in the discussion if you knew nothing about World War II. You know, like you wouldn't right. take part in an ongoing conversation um, if you didn't know what the details were really that happened for this battle or whatever it may be. Um, you know, you 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 have to have some confidence in the in the discussion that you're having, and if you don't consider everything. It's hard. And, and Star Wars is something that's very hard because the canon is so wide and so huge at this point. And I, I consider myself a like a giant Star Wars fan that knows as much as, almost, you know, anybody can try to know. Um, but I also still haven't I haven't seen um, the new show uh, season two of Star Wars Resistance. I haven't seen I see I saw like maybe two episodes. Everything else. I have no idea, but it still is canon. I, I haven't read many books and stuff. So, yeah, they're available to me at some point, but right now I, they're not because I don't own them. But, um, yeah, it's it, it's impossible at some times to consider everything. But we're in a universe with Jurassic where we have five movies and we're trying to, we're trying to take in one live tour and one book, and that's it. So... <laughs> You know, it's not like we're trying to take in 27 novels and 45 comic series, which Star Wars comic series is out of control and it's not humanly possible to catch up. Um, That's the thing is writing <laughs> writing new stories that are canonical around these two properties or around these two format. Like it's not a hard job, you know, mm -hmm. just like just like in The Lost World, it's like, oh, the interiors where all the carnivores live and the, and the big mean ones, they live in the interior of the island. And, and uh, they say that. And then in Jurassic Park 3, they're like, oh, the closer you get to like the ocean, like the bigger, meaner things get. And it's like, dude, writer, you couldn't even watch the last movie. Like, so. I mean, within, in Fallen Kingdom and, and Jurassic World, the maps are completely different. You know, the, yeah, the but entire. I just consider these things. The entire these island is changed. errors yeah. is what I consider these. But we have. We have people that want all like everything's got to fit into canon, which like, look, I talk to Chris Pugh every once in a while. I talk to Jack Ewins every once in a while. Um, these are people that I find to be fun and interesting to interact with. And we sometimes we agree. Most of the time we may not see eye to eye, but like, oh, I mean, we, my, me and you barely do. <laughs> so. oh, yeah, <laughs> but like, I feel like in, and these guys are in charge now of writing uh, and creating content that exists outside the movies and this is this was always my fear it's canon until it's not and so it's like this is why i never got too invested in the dpg or too invested in like uh reading all this expanded material because it's like it's like i don't this is in the grand scheme of things is colin just going to come along and be like ah we can't deal with this or maybe not colin maybe a director uh, five years from now, when Colin maybe like you know sunsets his time on this franchise, maybe a new director comes in and is like, I'm not going to sit there and read that stuff. I got to make yeah. a movie. I'm not reading it. So no, now it's not canon because I say so. And it's just like, ah, come on, man. We gotta we gotta create some canon and we gotta stick to it. Yeah. Um. And there like there's this this thought that you know films change change over time. Um. Uh, I, I mean, unless you're maybe a few select filmmakers or George Lucas. Look, Star McClunky. Wars. McClunky. Star Wars literally just changed still. it's So, you know, it's not impossible for things to change. Uh, but that's a, a rare exception. A lot of films don't really have drastic changes like that all the time. Um, 
so films don't really change all that much. Your your context and your perception of them change over time, especially when new layers are added on and new backstory is given. You know, like Jurassic Park 3, you know, the fact that the DPG is out there saying, you know, that Wu was behind the scenes doing stuff and they were doing stuff that they weren't supposed to be doing and essentially the the spinosaurus was created and is the first you know of the hybrid dinosaurs and and to me that 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 works i think that's a great addition and i think it it really you know changes the context of that movie for me it doesn't change the movie but the context is a little bit different now it's a bit more layered and nuanced of course well, and as and as time goes on you also understand the history you have to look at the history of what the movie was saying at the time right like as a 7 year old Jurassic Park was a great fun adventure dinosaur movie Right. But in really the context of when that movie came out, you know, uh, a lot of young, a lot of your younger audiences, this is kind of maybe commonplace because we're doing so many weird things in science these days. But like when Jurassic Park came out, they had either previously or soon after, like, there was the first official clone of a sheep. And the Dolly the sheep or something. Yeah. Yeah. But it was like, Obviously, when Crichton was creating this book and when Spielberg was making the movie, this was obviously something in modern science that was coming up that people knew that scientists were trying to do. And it was like, you know, and and, and Crichton really likes to do this. He likes to take something really what is deemed kind of like small and like maybe the spotlight isn't on it in science. And he likes to like blow it out of proportion and like say like, hey, here's a fantasy terrible thing that could happen if we keep going down this path and so you know i look at the context of jurassic park now as an adult and i'm like wow look at what that says about science and human greed and scientific expansion and lack of ethics in the 90s mm-hmm. right like look look at what you know uh spielberg's war of the worlds it's a it's a super i thought it was super fun like alien attack movie right but Look at the context in which that movie was made. It was made very soon after uh, 9-11, where everyone was very pro, like, go to war against uh, the people that attacked us. And that's very much the tones you get in War of the World. So, like, movies, no, movies don't change. The, those movies are exactly the same as they were the day they came out. But the context and the, the context and the lens at which you look at those at different stages of your life or reflecting back on them, you know, that can change over time. Yeah. I, I want to kind of talk about what you think these movies are trying to say in general. Are Do you think that these movies are uh, the J.J. Abrams style of storytelling, the mystery box? Do you think that there's much more to the story, the canon that's kind of hidden from your eye that you're not really supposed to see? No. The, well, No. I think a lot of that is created and manufactured like outside of, of the, the films. And so until, until there's a director who comes along and says, Hey, I want to tell a story in the Jurassic park universe. It's going to be canonical, but you're going to learn some things, you know, like we're going to, we're going to revisit some times and places and, 
Some things are going to come to light, but that's not what's happening. Yeah, that, that, These, that's yeah, that's a, like a different conversation altogether. Is it's 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 um kind of the I guess the back to future back to the future two version of the world where you know you see thing that that already happened, but from a different perspective, um, it, and it, you're playing with time in a certain way. But there's also like you're filling in the gaps with something like a, a prequel, like like Rogue One. You know, you're you're not really. It's not some big mystery that we really cared all too much about. But the fact that they gave us this layered story about the backstory of something—that's that's awesome. But I think there's also this whole like Rashomon vibe that sometimes this series is is tried to be given from the fans and and people like that. It's kind of I don't really feel people... like it's all that inter- no. like interesting. Like I think it's just. It is what it is. I don't really feel like everybody's trying to lie to you. Um, and it, Rashomon is like, think about if you guys saw The Last Jedi. Um, Luke Skywalker tells his version of the story. And then Kylo Ren tells his version of the story. And it's kind of like, you know, their own subjective views. And that movie is all about subjective views of well, how the entire are franchise is about a different point of view. Like that's the key. Yeah. That's the yeah. key of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, no, I don't think these things are trying to be mystery boxes. I think that what you see is what you get. And quite honestly, I really don't think that these stories are I, aside from, I, like I don't even know. Like there was really no even carryover of like Jurassic World. There was nothing like. I don't know. We didn't even like see like Cybo, in the background. <laughs> like I guess we saw it on a map, right? Like a production map. But like, w- it would have just been like I would have. I would think more that like. I would think more along the lines of like they're they're telling a cohesive interlocking story. If something like Saibo was mentioned in Jurassic World where, um, you know, there's the moment where she says, uh, hey, why is this Paki uh, cephalosaur out of its uh, containment unit? And someone's like, oh, the invisible fences are are down in that sector. If they really were going to like give a nod to like, hey, we're going to move on to this thing, because I think that showing Saibo would have been a bit too on the nose and especially for a film that they weren't sure was going to take off. But like. He they easily could have thrown in the line of like, yeah, you know, those invisible fences uh, in the volcanic region, they just get really they overheat too easily and we're having problems. We've got to figure out a solution. Yeah, like they could have thrown in like a little one liner. And when movie two comes out and it's all about the volcano, you'd have been like, oh, look at that little look at that payoff. That was kind of cool. But there's no there's no mention of anything. Um, If anything, Fallen Kingdom retroactively goes back. And tells you about Cybo. I mean, like it blatantly retroactively go back goes back well, to tell you about Cybo it. because it's this whole lot, news yeah. thing. Yeah, um, it retroactively goes back and tells you about Owen's uh, research with the Raptors. It retroactively goes like Falling Kingdom did all Claire. these things that like yeah, like hey hey, Jurassic World's more important than it really was, you know. And it's like I, I don't know. It's it's just so weird. I, maybe my theory will change a little bit once Fallen King or once yeah. Jurassic World three comes out. But no, at this point in time, it's like I think what you see is what you get. Yeah, it's like, not it's not trying to be lost. You know, it's not trying to really tell some crazy underlying story that you didn't know was there. Um, it, it, it the way the first three movies played was 
these are very disconnected stories with some similar characters. Um, and it was, it was nothing more than that there. Yes, there was, you had some questions, you know, I guess, but really as a whole, I, I feel like Jurassic Park really didn't linger a lot of thoughts. You know, there wasn't a lot of like, Oh my God, what happens now? You know, what, what is going on here or there or this and that? Like there really wasn't a lot. Some properties no, Jurassic do Park, think that Jurassic but. Park is a fantastic film in itself. It it tells a cohesive, isolated, singular story, mm-hmm. right? And I actually think the Lost World is a great sequel. It's not a it's not a redo of Jurassic Park. It's it's the same content in a different scenario. Whereas most sequels. You know, when you say when people are like, oh, Jurassic World is the direct sequel to Jurassic Park. It's like, well, yeah, because it's kind of the same thing. Like, you know, go to a park, things break out. Everyone runs. The park is destroyed. Right. Like, I think the Lost World, I don't get where the Lost World isn't a direct sequel. It's it's another chain of events that happens in that world. That is not basically a repeat of the first story being told. Yeah. So the only reason is people you know, somebody said at one point that it was a direct sequel to Jurassic Park and people, you know, leapt to, you know, these great lengths to say that the other two aren't involved whatsoever. Um, but th- that's not part of the of Jurassic World storytelling is not to tell you what happened in those movies and, and really rehash anything. All you really need to know is what happened on that first island, not these to understand side our stories. Story. Not, right. Yeah, not a side story about another island. That and some other characters that really doesn't matter to what's going on on this island here. Um, so yeah, it's not it's not like it was some big mystery. It, it just it was just telling a story that needed to be told without mentioning everything else. Um, I do love the layering and stuff like that in in Fallen Kingdom. You know when they do mention Sorna and they do kind of like you know confirm it in your heart. You're like oh I knew it wasn't gone, but like. Oh, thank God. You know, they thank God they mentioned it. Um, but, you know, I don't know. I, I'm not really sure where else to go from here. Well, so, OK, well, so let's take the conversation in this direction. We we have this problem. What do you because I have my ideas. What do you, Brett, sure. what do you do to do? What do you do to solve the problem? Like you're in charge. What would you do? Nothing. I don't do anything at this point. It's kind of like I was saying with the casting, you know, bring back everybody. Just do it all um, right now. I'm I'm ambivalent about canon. I it doesn't matter to me because right now I, I feel like it's unsolvable unless you're unless you're to say unless you're to actually sit down and say to the world with confidence that this is what matters and this is what doesn't matter. Make the list. Colin needs to make a video, not go on Twitter and just say a few tweets. He had, there needs to be some sort of firm uh, concrete, you know, description and not, I'm not talking about something called soft cannon. Cause like I said, you can't combine the live tour and Jurassic world evolution, two things that are drastically different. Um, there just needs to be a hard and, uh, and, um, firm concrete list of things that need to be told as canon. Um, and if you want the so complete story, forward, what's your answer? Is there, is there no, can, can we not have a video game? That's just like fun. And then also doesn't count. Like no, what, no, what would no, you we can, do? We can, that's, that's besides the point. I'm not talking about enjoyability of the series or anything like that. I'm specifically mentioning 
the actual canon. This has nothing to do with really head canon or or you know side stories that really don't matter in in the grand scheme of things. This is specifically a conversation about canon. So if you do want to take in absolutely everything, there should be some sort of definitive uh, article that says what is. Um, so specifically, you know, the films obviously need to be on this list. Battle at Big Rock needs to be on this list. I personally think Jurassic World Live Tour should be on that list. The Evolution of Claire, you know, whether we trust that confirmation or not, that should be on that list. Um, Mizrani Global, DPG, Extinction Now should be on the list. That's it. Everything else has has too many issues. Isn't it? Isn't it funny? We live in a day. We live in a day and age where literally a multi-million billion-dollar company could buy a domain name and literally just put a timeline on it with links to all the important stuff and then have another link that says, and here are more Jurassic adventures for your enjoyment. Like, yeah, this would not be difficult to like, do. Literally every time a new star Wars thing comes out, they update the timeline and they, it's literally a timeline that has, it, it looks like a complete mess at this point because there's so many things, but sure. That's what we need. We have, we have, I want the creators to have confidence right now. They don't, they have no confidence. And I am, I am confident in saying that myself because if they I think, did, they would create stuff material for us to make us care. And right now they're, they're unfortunately not doing the full effort to do that. I like, like I'm saying Jurassic world live tour is incredible. Everybody that worked on that did an amazing job. This is not to say that uh, that's bad or anything, but I'm saying like the the company behind everything really needs the confidence to tell everybody that this is something that matters. And if you want to take it all in, if you want to enjoy the entire story, you need to see it. Yeah, I think that like it would be so easy for them to just make a timeline. And I mean, because look, at the end of the day, it's about selling IP, right? Like we, it, it does it it only exists to make money. Like yeah. that's really what this exists for. And so. Like if I'm put, if I was put in charge, I'd be like, okay, we're going to make a timeline. Everyone in the world can access this timeline. And when something is official, it's going to go on that timeline. When something is unofficial, it's going to go in this subcategory of Jurassic adventures. And that's where the tops comics are going to exist. That's where the Kenner toys are going to, that's where the Mattel toys are going to exist. Um, you know, Mattel toys, they're not Canon, you know, Mattel makes, uh, let's say, like an Iguanodon toy. We've never seen an Iguanodon in the films, so it's not canon, you know? Yeah. Um, or I guess, you know, the I, I haven't read Cla uh, Evolution of Claire, so maybe there's one in there. I'm not sure. But the problem with Jurassic Park creating an actual official canon, it's that there constantly needs to be new dinosaurs to grab everyone's attention. And so I think that's what's at the stem of all of this. these of this whole problem. Um, we know that there were like X amount of species on Nublar in the first movie. He says specifically, yes, there's like so many species in the pens, right? So we know that on Nublar, there are that many species. Then we introduce Sorna, which now we in were introduced to a problem. Well, wait, there's new dinosaurs on Sorna that don't are not accounted for on Nublar. Okay. That's easily explained away. They were making, 
different dinosaurs on Sorna and they had just not been moved to the park yet. Cool. Done. Awesome. That is totally uh, makes sense. They didn't mention any specific number um, in uh, Jurassic or in Lost World or uh, Jurassic Park 3. So sure, we can accept the knowledge that if a dinosaur exists on Sorna, it doesn't necessarily mean it existed on Nublar. Now, it has to exist on Sorna in order for it to exist on Nublar, right? So, cool. The math totally works out. It's a little fuzzy, but it works. Great. And that's then, what the DPG does to kind of fill those gaps. Sure. Because then we get to Jurassic World, and for some dumb reason, they give Zachary Gray, the youngest kid, they Gray. give the youngest kid a line about dinosaur numbers, and it's like... All of it. Like, now the math doesn't make any sense whatsoever. And this is where the DPG gets super screwed because they have <laughs> to weave this web of reasoning yeah, as tough. to why dinosaurs existed here but don't exist here but now exist in Jurassic World and then move over to Fallen Kingdom. And there's a, a list on the Jurassic World uh, hotel website that's got these dinosaurs, but these dinosaurs it, don't exist in It's the unfortunate. Movie. It really shouldn't be that way. There shouldn't – this this outlet – of viral marketing shouldn't really be used to explain inconsistencies. It really shouldn't be. It should be used no. to, to to build the universe, to make it and bigger and better, thing. which it is being being used for, but it's also being used to correct issues, which is, I think, a shame. Yeah, because it could be used for so, something great. Instead, it's just it's filling in this desire for people to everyone for everyone to have this cohesive official canon, which I want. But I'm fully willing to admit that, like, like, look, if you just don't mess with it, then people like like not knowing is almost better than knowing. Right. And I think we've all learned that from the Star Wars prequels and like. So yeah, I love those. Uh, no, no, no. I'm not <laughs> saying that, I'm not saying that they don't have value. Canon to right? me, bro. What? <laughs> They're canon to me. <laughs> They're canon to me, too. I don't necessarily like them. But what I'm saying is, like, I didn't need to know how Han Solo got his name. In fact, I'm a little okay, disappointed yeah, with, with that. <laughs> you know, I'm a little disappointed with how he got his name. I was happy him just being Han Solo. And like, you know, there was somewhere out there was mom and dad solo. Like I was fine with that. Sure. Because not knowing, like don't address something that doesn't need to be addressed. Let some things just kind of like fade away mm -hmm. and like let people have questions because every time we try to fill in these blanks, we make this web of storytelling that like, it takes like 10 extra steps to get to a conclusion when sometimes the easiest answer is one to ignore it or two, like to think about a really easy, dumb answer. So let me ask you this. I think I think Jack Ewan's uh, put this out on Twitter at some point when he still had it. Um, something along the lines of, you know, from the viral marketing team, what what do you want to see their the approach be? something along these lines, like in the future for, you know, the next movie. What, 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 so what's the question so, to me? That, that is the question. What do you want to see the viral marketing be in the uh, approach to the next movie? I, when I answered, I, I said something along the lines of, I want to see less filling in the gaps and I want to see more expansion of new material. So that's exactly what I just said before. That's That was my answer. In your eyes, when you see the DPG, or not the DPG, but just like the viral team creating content for the next, the next go around, like what sort of inclusion do you want from that? 
I mean, I thought DPG was way cooler than Mizrani Global. Like I thought sure, it was yeah. cool because they were they were kind of they were kind of creating something forward thinking. Like they created this they created this movement that was existing in the world. And then when we saw the movie, we got a peek into what's been happening, mm-hmm. right? Like so they created like essentially the beginning of the DPG and then we saw like the quote unquote end of it, right? We don't know if it's really over, but like we saw the outcome of what they were viral marketing. So I thought that was all really cool. Yeah, it was it was very forward thinking, but I think a lot of it, like we were saying, it needed to have these gaps filled. So it was a lot of looking back. And that, that's kind of where I stand is I don't want to look back so much and try to fill these gaps. I want to kind of look forward and see what we have um, outside of that. Um, because because when you try to fill so many gaps, eventually you're going to step on your own toes or somebody's toes and just make a mess, I think. Um, but- yeah, it's it's really hard to answer because like I think viral marketing is really cool for people that, you know, want to read into that kind of stuff. And like, honestly, like if I was offered some kind of job to write viral uh you know, history to write history for the Jurassic Park saga, I would definitely take it like these the the chaos theorem got like people they're not they're they're obviously no brainer of course take that job um but like i guess i my answer is kind of like i don't know if i really need to see anything like i'm gonna go see the movie regardless <laughs> like you know i and, i and guess you'll, and you'll read if you read you read the stuff you'll consider that in your head maybe moving forward especially in a position where we are where we're thinking about these things all the time you know like we go into the movie thinking, oh, I wonder what we'll see from that marketing. You know, wonder how that'll pay off. And I've always been really open, especially I've been open with like Jack and Chris about the fact that like I get really hesitant to want to embrace what they've written because I'm just I'm so afraid for them that one day a director comes along and just wipes it clean. And not only will they have spent hours and time creating something that is, you know, kind of beautiful, but like then that just gets wiped away by some person who doesn't want to deal with it. Like that, that to me would, that's like hurtful. And, and yeah, so I get, I agree. And so I get when people are like, you know, I get when you're upset that the live tour, because you loved it. Right. And I loved it too. I totally understand being upset when, when these corporate people come in or these, these stewards of the franchise and say, Hey, this thing you love, like, look, no one is complaining when something you hate, gets taken out of continuity, right? Like, but when it's something that you love, that really kind of hurts being told that this thing that you love and invested time and invested emotion, invested brain power thinking about, it just simply doesn't matter. Yeah. That's yeah. a, that's, like, it's, it's a huge bummer. <laughs> I don't, I mean, it's I don't a know. shame. It's a shame, man. And, and, um, you you kind of asked me before, you know, what do you do now? Like, what what's the answer? And I, you know, I I think there's there's the answer is if you are going to to come forward and say what is canon or make a a better approach to to not sit there and and kind of throw it in their faces and say this is soft canon that 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 felt a, a bit awkward. And I I I know many people have have approached me and said the same thing. It, it didn't feel right. It felt like a mock or a, a mockery of what they've been working on. And that's that should never be the case. It shouldn't really feel like you're throwing something in somebody's face like that. Um I want I want some 
some, like I said, confidence in the work, if they are going to go to that approach and, and start being more serious about this and include stuff in canon and actually firmly say it is, do it. Yes, please do that. But at this point in time, we've said already that the five films are already a mess as it is. If, if you really want to dig down deep, it's a mess. Um, but if, and, and then considering everything else that's out there, nothing really being all that congruent. Sure. It's a big mess at this point in time. I'm saying, I don't really care about Canon and Jurassic. I'm going to be open about it. I don't care. Cause if no, if they're not going to care, I don't care. Well, it, it's, it's such a bummer that, you know, you bring up this concept of not having confidence in the brand. And it is so true because they easily could have said, they easily could have said at the very beginning, mm-hmm. very beginning uh, of Jurassic World, they could have said, we would like to, you know, they could have come out with a press release. Jurassic Park has been a staple of the science fiction adventure. Uh, Dr- Jurassic Park is a is a modern day classic. And being a modern day classic, we would love to uh, reboot the franchise and we would like to let uh, Spielberg and Johnson's Jurassic franchise be a cohesive trilogy as it is. And we would like to set that aside as a beautiful <laughs> franchise from the nineties. What we would like to do is we would like to come in and we would like to reboot the franchise, a full fresh reboot. We're going to retell the story of Jurassic park. We're going to retell the story of the lost world. And we're going to call it under oh, the guise. You're, of, you're just getting too wild. <laughs> you, do you think I'm getting too wild that they could not have easily have just, wipe the slate clean in 2015 and been like, look, we're rebooting the whole franchise. <sighs> the original stuff doesn't count towards it. No, and- yeah, you're, you're too wild. You're too wild. Cause it, it, I mean, it's too, it's still too soon. Jurassic park well, is still a, a widely highly considered film that people love every single day. And it's not like, you know, a forgotten thing or something that really needs rebooting at this moment. Um, instead of erasing everything, I think you could live. You can live with the mess, oh, dude. No way. Jurassic Park was fantastic. I will not deny that. And the Lost World was fantastic. But you cannot tell me that between two thousand and one and two thousand and thirteen, that that franchise was not dead in the water. <laughs> okay, I mean, I can't really like, argue with that. I guess. It was like it was like over ten years. They easily could have been like for us. It re- wasn't. You know, for a lot of us, we were still. You know actively thinking about it every year every day wondering when this would happen but but they easily could have come out and been like look we're gonna redo jurassic park and in the back in the writer's room they've been like hey guys we're gonna redo jurassic park but let's do something cool let's give it a conversation lore that's a conversation for another day i think but (laughs) that's that's fair i (laughs) i think you know if they like i said at the top is if they had stated that you know like star wars did that everything moving forward is is canon which the the model was there they had everything to go off of they could have done it um but they didn't and if they had done that we could have lived with a mess of you know some of these inconsistencies here and there that's fine but you know it it just like i said this goes back to confidence 
from Universal. It's it was never there to begin with. It goes to the theme no, parks. and that's they what didn't I'm have the conf- confidence to actually build stuff the time they needed to build it. They ended up building different attractions. Um, it, it's just it goes back to the comics. We were promised some comics, never happened. No confidence. So where is all the stuff? And and is, they seem to be getting confidence. That. They, they got the confidence a little bit here, you know, during Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. We saw one of the biggest marketing campaigns I've ever seen in my life for any movie. Um, blows away the rise of Skywalker, which is the end of the saga for that series. Um, Wait, what blows away the, the Skywalker? Fallen Kingdom, the marketing campaign behind that movie, blows away the rise of Skywalker's uh, marketing campaign. Easily. Um, sure. Um, so the confidence was there in that in that film only specific but is that universe though because like what my point is is like they obviously didn't have confidence in Jurassic World uh the first Jurassic World because they insisted on no, writing not the back coattails then. Yeah. No, of Jurassic Park not back then Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom is when they finally decided oh I'm going to write a book. Uh, we're going to we're going to release a uh, um, a video game. We're going to put a an oh, audio see. drama, uh, choose your own adventure on earplay for Amazon. Uh, we're going to do all this stuff. And they, they did it. And it all came out all at the same time. Um, and then even still, they kind of dropped off after that, except for, you know, evolution, which is still producing content, as we're seeing. Um, but, um, you know, no, no conversation still around um, comic books or further novels. Um, it really shouldn't be a, hey, a film's coming up, let's produce stuff. It should be, let's produce stuff, always. Oh, uh, so the confidence you will not, you, is hey, not I will there. not disagree with let's produce stuff, always. Like, 100%. Like, there needs to be something. And I'm so excited for Camp Cretaceous. I don't care if it's canon or we, not canon. I would love on, for it to be canon. We didn't even touch on that. Really, you it mentioned it. You mentioned it real quick, but, like, I have no confidence right now that that's going to be canon. None whatsoever. And, no, and to me, that, if, that okay, lessens the I don't have confidence impact. it's going to be canon either, but are, are, are you still not going to wake up on day one and watch that on the first Saturday that you can? So right now, um, Disney Plus, you know, The Mandalorian is is huge. I am waking up 5.50, setting my alarm for 5.50, watching that show at 6 in the morning before I do anything. Yeah, see, I'm going to get off this podcast. It's midnight now, dude. I'm going to get off this podcast. I've not seen it yet. I'm going to get off this podcast and I'm going to yeah. go watch it well beyond the time when I would normally go to bed. Sure. Now, Camp Cretaceous, that comes out. I mean, that's going to be on Netflix. It's going to be bingeable. But I'm not waking up at 5 in the morning when I know it's 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 not going to matter, unfortunately. It, it, I don't think – I have no confidence that it's going to be canon and it's going to be a greater grand story that fits into our universe here that, that we – it's a story that needs to be told. Um, I don't know. I don't have faith that it will be canon. So that gives me less incentive to be extremely excited about it. Now, I will certainly take it in. I'm, I'm definitely going to watch it. Don't get me wrong. But for instance, like the Lego stuff, I know it really doesn't matter. So I'm not, I, I, I'll maybe get to it. You know, I've, I've seen a few episodes here and there, but I don't have the service and I can't really watch it on demand or anything. So I'll get to it when I can and try to figure it out. I'm just not amped to get to it right away. That might fall in the same rain for camp cretaceous if it really is told to us that this is a you know if i hear the word soft cannon one more time i don't even know i don't know what i'll do you know it's funny that you bring that up because i think like let's say everything was canon right 
I would be more inclined to like revisit things, but you're right. I don't revisit things that aren't necessary, that aren't at all canon. So like, Mm -hmm. I, you know, I played Jurassic Park, the game once I played the Lost World game once, like all these things I've only ever done once things that are canon. I go back to. Yep, because I've, I'm I'm wanting to seek out that story. I've over played and Battlefront over and over two several times over, and I've watched each episode of The Mandalorian at least five times. And I, it's like this is stuff that they've given that they have the confidence to keep me invested, and and that's what's so frustrating is is they're giving me no reason to stay invested. Isn't it weird that we have we have The Mandalorian and we have uh um battle at big rock mandalorian and battle at big rock come out the same year and they they're both out there to answer the question can this ip uh do a tv show and jurassic is given this measly little budget to do a a five minute thing that winds up on fx and disney's like no man go ahead eight episodes you got this you know (laughs) Do it. It's not even that. There's also the Cassian Andor series. There's the Obi Wan Kenobi series. So there's there's yeah. every it's everything. It's like, everything. There's no, there's, there's no question whether or not this can hold a TV series. And yet, like Universal is still playing around with like I don't, I don't know. Like it might be expensive. Yes, it's going to be expensive. Yeah. You know, Mandalorian looks fantastic, and you see every penny spent on that screen. Right now, it's the confidence issue, and it's the fact that hey, I feel like they have no faith in us. You know, no faith in in the, yeah. in the in the community, no faith in the fans, and they're not. I don't know. It's 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 all a stupid conversation. We're talking about a set of films and trying to get real, all serious about it. But well, I, I don't know. I think it was wise for us to shove this at the end of the podcast. <laughs> if there's anybody listening, still good on you. Well. I don't know about you, but I think that takes us to the end of I think the canon conversation. The There's certainly more to be said, which I'm sure we'll, we'll continually say over time. But um, I think we did a, a decent job summing up at least our feelings and talking about what canon is and where it exists in this franchise and what we really wish they did. So uh, that's that's what I'm going to stick with. And uh, no editing there. I'm not going to edit any of that out. So what you heard is is our venting and our frustration. So can I can I tell you something? Go ahead. In my head canon, the Dino Trackers existed on Sorna and were shipped over to Nublar to contain what was going on yeah, after Jurassic like Park. I right? like that. That's great. Pretty cool, right? Head canon's pretty awesome. When you guess when what? You, when you want to take everything, guess what? What doesn't matter? I'm wrong. <laughs> you're you're wrong. Yeah, you're wrong. You are wrong. In my head cannon, it matters. <laughs> I I personally um, love the roller coaster from Jurassic Park the game. I think that's a fantastic addition to the park. The, the bone rattler the or the bone, bone shaker, shaker yeah. But guess oh, what? It doesn't exist. Doesn't matter. Not a thing. But, you're um, wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong to like it, Brad. That's all I got to say. <laughs> if you like it, you're completely wrong. Yeah, head cannon is great consider whatever you want to consider, but don't bring it to the table when we're having a conversation. A hundred percent. I would never have a realistic conversation about Jurassic park and bring up Sergeant T-Rex Turner and Harpoon Harrison and Jaws Jackson as canonical additions. Those, those weapons that everybody had. Yeah. That, uh, and the, and the, the, um, you know, the hang glider and stuff like, like all this stuff is so wild and out there and, 
How cool would it have been if, like, when the Indominus <laughs> was like eating all those people, and you're looking at the board of Dino tra- uh, of of uh, they're not Dino Trackers. What are they? The, they're the ACU troopers. ACU. Would it have been great to just see Turner, Jackson, and Harrison up there? Oh my god! god. Yeah, yeah. Would have and lost that's, my mind. That would have been great. That would have been great. That's uh, one day when when Jurassic is rebooted. This but is, Aaron. See, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> they got to reboot it, and I just need to be put in charge, right? And it'll be great. Y'all, y'all will love it. That's what fan fiction is for, man. Ooh, don't, don't tempt me. So, where can everybody find you if they want to yell at you about your can- canonical, <laughs> biblical canonical uh, factoids? Please come talk to me over at Aaron D. Byer on Twitter. Uh, you can also contact me via our uh, Facebook group, where if you go to Facebook and you happen to be on a desktop, you can answer some questions because you have to answer the questions in order to get in the group. And there are two questions. Name an actor from Jurassic Park, and I'll give you acceptable answers. Sam Neill, Laura Dern, <laughs> Jeff Goldblum, all acceptable answers. Uh, and then name a host or contributor. Brad Jost, Aaron Byer, acceptable answer. You name, you label those two things, There's, you are in the group. We have so no many contributors. Asked. You could name anybody. But for some reason, people always leave that blank, and I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> like. It, so, yeah, if, if you join the group uh, on your cell phone, it might be kind of hard to find those questions, but please do look out for them. That is like a thing that you have to do to get into the group, and it's super fun. Um, I interacted a little bit in there today uh, with the group talking about what we were going to do on The Wire. And, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. People are having a good time. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me for the November Jurassic Wire, and I guess uh, I guess we'll see you in December when we have some more canonical debates to go talking about hopefully hopefully nothing else is stricken oh, I, I can't handle more canonical <laughs> debates i can't thank you guys so much for listening to the 211th episode of the jurassic park podcast Of course, a big thanks goes out to Aaron for joining me this week to indulge me. And, uh, you know, I know he had a lot of a lot to say about canon. And um, this was one of those times where we pretty much were in line. And I know that's not something that that happens often. You know, we we perfectly uh, are capable of getting along, but also disagreeing in so many topics. But uh, we really just felt like coming together here over canon and just the overall trajectory of the series and what it is that is really behind this series is there anything bigger or deeper behind it i don't know i tend to think not you just heard me talk a lot about it but um i i think the canon conversation is still not done i think there's still a lot to say about it and we only really covered one aspect of it the portion that is firm and concrete so maybe sometime in the future we'll discuss the more abstract aspects of it, uh, the headcanon aspects. But for now, in terms of what is canon, guys, I think you have a good sense along with us. And um, I don't know if you're disappointed with the way the, the outline has been aforementioned and, and 
uh, disappointed with maybe uh, the creators or not disappointed with the creators, please let me know. I'd love to hear more about what you guys think about canon, so please let us know, and maybe we'll get into them in the next wire. And also, guys, please go ahead and listen to those two episodes of the Forcecast that I was on this past week. Um, I had a great time talking with Ryan and Daniel on those episodes, so please go ahead and listen to those. Make sure to check those out in the show notes on our website. And guys, I'm going to skip over the reviews and the other stuff that I do. I just want to say thank you so much for sticking around through a long episode, through crazy discussion. Um, This is stuff that means a lot to us. And, uh, you know, we always take everything a little bit too seriously. But I think it's it's warranted, you know, when when we get deep into conversation and we get deep into theories and outlines and all this stuff that we really want to learn more about. It just means that we love this stuff and we really want to see it in the best light and see it go the right places. So thank you for indulging us this week in the Jurassic Wire and we'll see you guys next week. I'm going to hand it over to, well, myself. See ya. Saddle off. Let's get this movable beast underway. Please give us a follow on Twitter at Jurassic Park Pod and myself at Brad Jost. Also on Facebook and Instagram at Jurassic Park Podcast. Don't forget to join the Jurassic Park Podcast group on Facebook. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube, our website, or wherever else podcasts are found. So please be sure to subscribe. Also, don't miss our toy hunts and reviews, in-depth bonus content, live streams, gameplay, events and theme park coverage, and so much more on our YouTube channel. If you haven't already, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We will read your reviews at the end of every episode, so please be sure to spare no expense. Don't miss us on the web at JurassicParkPodcast.com, where you'll find today's episode show notes, wonderful articles, bios from our contributors, and so much more. If you want to get a hold of us, you can fill out the contact form on our website or email us, JurassicParkPod at gmail.com. We're always looking for new segments, contributors, mailbag submissions, or anybody who just wants to say hello. Feel free to call our voicemail line at any time to leave us a message. That number is 732-825-7763. Thanks for listening, and enjoy! Five minutes. Drop what you're doing and leave now.